0: Did it? Did, 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 did. This weekend News, Ben Affleck isn't directing the Batman. And also, we're going to be talking about that right now. Um, okay, Ralph Garman. I can't believe it, and I'm also very happy that it's true. Because it, I, I've like read a couple things on Twitter, but the big one was from Kevin Smith, because everyone was like, hey, direct this fucking thing, Fat Man. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I watched Fat Man on Batman when he was talking about this with Mark... Bernardin. I keep on trying to say Bernardine, like he's French or something. Um, And it it was great. And it's like really timely to you because uh, as of yesterday, they celebrated the 10th anniversary of Smodcast. So that, oh, that's wow. Really cool. Yeah, that is. Yeah, it's, it's been a decade of It's been a Mark decade. You're gone. Um, yeah. And so, like, he was talking about that. He's Does like, he still oh, yeah. talk
1: to Scott Mosher on that? Yeah. It's it's like, where has right.
0: Scott Mosher been? Because he hasn't been producing. So that's what he did. He he teased a couple of things. One, Scott Mosher is busy producing something. And two, he's going to have some movie news in the coming uh, week or so. So maybe Kevin Smith's going to be Clerks directing three. something. Of course, three. three on, hit please. somebody. Fucking something. Dogma 2 mall brats like something anything okay um but in their episode they were talking about a lot of stuff and they they were mentioning why this happened why the bat fleck is no longer behind the camera Mm -hmm. and they also gave out a lot of their directors so i'm kind of biased um but yeah i'm like i said i'm happy this isn't the case because he already helped write the thing i'm sure he's producing in some capacity oh yeah he's He's starring in it. He has to do all of the, the health regimen and workout plus the, the press tour and everything as And also an actor. maybe if you
1: want to be a cynic and just say, well, Live by Night was not that good and it tanked and maybe. then Warner's having reservations. It's perfect well, timing to say that, but no. I didn't on,
0: hear anyone bad. say that movie was bad. It just, I heard
1: nothing but people saying that movie is bad or that it's just very cheesy and formulaic. But not, I heard formulaic. Yeah, it like, just, no it, one's it wasn't telling me like,
0: it's good. It wasn't a big headline item, though. It wasn't like, "Oh my God, did you see the fucking numbers on this thing? It tanked." No, no, no. It was the opposite of split. Split's like, "Oh my God, three weekends in a row, and yeah. my Shyamalan is he beat the he's ring's back, for, uh, reboot. He's back. Like he's, the visit he's working is like sequel. oh man, like, yeah. um, So you know that's the opposite of what happened to Live by Night. Like it, it wasn't." anywhere it just like it came out people forgot about it it's gone he didn't get nominated for mm-hmm. anything whatever and he also got to remember that he's already in bed with Fox and he's going to be directing their um witness for the prosecution yeah. so he's working on that undoubtedly he he just was probably feeling just overwhelmed he wrapped Justice League not too long ago he's about to be filming that sequel who knows well, like what like other excuse makes superhero sense movies too, in for though, DC. to
1: to be, like, you know, the title, the titular superhero to direct yeah. that movie, and it's like, well... No one's if, done that before. It's like, what if, you know, John Favreau can play um, Happy, um, yeah, you know, an side Iron Man character. easily, because that's a side yeah, character, yeah. but to be the lead, that's a lot to take on, I'm sure, for I a big-budget movie, actually. Not especially. even just a
0: lead, but Batman. Yeah, you like, you, you have to take the, on a lot there, really. The biggest superhero on the planet, definitely in terms of movies and just media, period, and no, I just, I can't, I'm happy. Like, just the it makes stress sense. that was going cool. to be involved. Yeah. And maybe Zack Snyder
1: the, should direct it, though, don't you think?
0: The, the internet is petitioned for that. I'm, I find that hilarious. That. Like Yeah, they, they hated him so much for Batman vs. Superman, yeah. and now they're like, hey, why don't you make this one, though? <laughs> and I would love for him to make this Batman I'd movie. be cool with it, but at the same time, I'm just
1: like, you know what? Honestly, like, as controversial as it might be, I would rather see Zack Snyder do some, like, sucker punch again. Like, mm. I mean, because that, you know, ended up being very divisive, but I still find that movie fascinating at the very least. Like, it, it, it's like with Michael Bay and Transformers. I'm just kind of like, dude, like, don't be in this world for too long. Try doing something different. Or, you know, not if not uh, sucker punch, make your own chef like Jean Favreau did. You know, at this Jeff point, it's awesome. like,
0: try something, you know. It's funny because in that Fat Man on Batman episode, they talk about a- one really great thing, and then they also threw out some of their directors. They're like Lexi Alexander; she'd be awesome. George oh, fuck Miller. yes, fuck Tim yeah. Miller. You know, like everyone that they they were listing off is like, yes, yes, especially George Miller, like more so than Lexi Alexander.
1: No, but I mean Lexi Alexander, like no, you know she's a kickboxer, right? No, yeah, no. Could you imagine no. choreography she, on the fight scenes? Like
0: that's exactly what based they say on the Batman on we already man. got in Batman v Superman, um, like or better yet, oh, uh, Punisher War Zone. Um, but be yeah, awesome. no, she's she's already worked with dc she's directed a couple episodes of uh of supergirl i think she's also maybe done arrow so like she she's in bed with the cw and and dc so they know who she is um and they're like oh my god like well a female director directing batman i'd rather have george miller or or tim miller or um someone that has directed a tent pole that was successful like Punisher Warzone not a bad movie real interesting real kind of fun it's really cheesy and fun but it's, yeah you know it's it's, it's Punisher Warzone like <laughs> yeah it's it's not bad, that's a man. that's a
1: saturday night i'm going to get drunk with my buddies with a six pack of beer and just make jokes during it I, like I forgot the villain's name, but like that accent was so cheesy it's like and jigsaw the... or something. I want yeah, to yeah, and like just the, that scene where he's like in front of the American flag,
0: and well, that movie's fucking weird. It's a weird, but movie. it's fun. The better thing they talk about during that episode, though, is Mark Bernardin brought up this idea. He's like fuck Star Wars, if they can get one of those every year, we can easily get one Batman movie every year. And he's like mm. this will solve everything. You're never gonna have to have this kind of problem where there's too much anticipation build up because he's like, you know, the reason Ben Affleck probably stepped down after the kind of backlash Batman versus Superman got, he knows that he can't the whole internet wants this to be better than the Dark Knight, this new one. Yeah, I, don't, and so, I don't
1: expect that to happen. Like that's, exactly, That's so, dangerous to set that bar
0: they're like Ben Affleck's probably thinking either I beat the dark Knight, or what I make ends up being shit because it's worse than the dark Knight. Yeah. There's the over under either better than, or it's obviously worse. And it's like, what's they were like, what's the upside? What's the uptake? What's the reason? But yeah, I, I agree. Why isn't there a fucking Batman movie every year? We have Lego Batman this year, this week <laughs> actually. And then we have, you know, justice league later this year. So technically mm-hmm. we have two this year. We had one last year. Suicide squad was last year too. So we had two last year too. But there's not going to be two next year. There probably won't even be one. It would be very easy, and this was his take, and I love it. You don't have to make a $150 million Batman movie. Mm -hmm. Batman is a detective. You can easily make a $20 million Batman movie. Just make a really good mystery. If it's $20 million, you can make it rated R. And I'm listening to this, and I'm like, yeah. yeah. Why
1: don't they fucking do that? Like. That is fair, like, and get some unknown talent in there, experiment a little bit. There's a lot more freedom there. You don't have to make something big and bloated. I mean, you know, that might sound like a good idea to you, but it's like, hey, I love Star Wars, like, the movies. You know, I'm not, like, a massive Star Wars fanboy or anything, but I, you know, that affected my youth in some way. Like, you know, I was definitely playing around with lightsabers and all that shit. Like, the the first Star Wars is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, But... You know, we're getting one of those every year. Fuck. I even then I did not even see this latest one because I'm just like, yeah, I don't want to get burnt out on that. So like for me to hear like that a bat movie could conceivably come out every year. It's like, well, yeah, I guess I just don't know if that's good.
0: The the difference is Star Wars up you until get recently went Disney, then it's like no 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 Disney has recently started pimping out Star Wars okay between their animated shit and whatever mm-hmm. they do on Disney Channel yeah and their Star Wars and Star Tours and theme park stuff and it's like the logical ascension is one every year and before that it was like one every three years every couple of decades right Batman is in like ten comic books every week. He's in Detective Comics. He's in Batman. He's in All-Star Batman. He's in Gotham City Sirens. He's yeah, but in those Justice are different League. mediums, he's, though. No, like, it's a, have... no. this is what I'm saying. He is an entity, always mm-hmm. and forever. He has TV shows. He has movies. He has soundtracks. He has live stage productions, obviously the comic books. He has the the cartoons made from the comic books. He has the directed DVD stuff. Justice League Dark, that just came out. He's in that. Like He is everywhere across the DC Universe. It's not like... Oh, it's this is the Batman story. No, he he's literally everywhere. Yeah, but when that, it comes to movies,
1: I think there is such a thing as overkill. Where if you put out too many of them, then you're not, you know, how many Dark Knights are you going to get? You're probably you don't need Dark Knights. You don't need saying, this like then you're catering like a of very filmmaking. specific audience
0: at that point. You're not really. No,
1: yeah.
0: I like Kevin Smith said it perfectly. He's like, you know, a lot of people might not like the Dark Knight Rises, but I wouldn't mind one of those every year, and I wouldn't either. Like. I love Batman enough, you know, I'm seeing Lego Batman this weekend, if they put a movie out, I'm gonna watch it, I'm probably gonna buy it, period. So instead of making me wait like every three to five years for a standalone movie, just do it every fucking year. See, even if I got I a Bond that.
1: movie every year, I would still I'd be burnt out no, at some see, point, and then there would be years where I would just though. be
0: like, you know what? I
1: just don't feel like seeing that's, one this year. I'll catch that's it the next year.
0: No one has ever fucking read a James Bond book. It doesn't happen. No one reads that shit. So Except James for the Bond that is that read this Fleming's books when they came out. Whatever. James Bond, since phenomenon. they've been adapted, is the mm-hmm. just like the Star Wars thing. It's like it doesn't exactly exist anywhere else. It's just on the big screen. It's always an event. Batman doesn't have to be an event. It it could just be it's a Batman movie, guys. It just came out. Did you see the last one? Nah, it was like six months ago. Fuck it. Um, so yeah, no, I I buy that for a dollar. I want to see this happen. I know you're a huge fan and like, you would love it, but me, I would just
1: kind of be like, not, there is such a thing as overkill at a certain point. This
0: wouldn't be overkill. This would be getting it to do. Like, Overkill's a if, word I'm going to use so if much. If Marvel week, I a feeling. can put out like. A, a comic book movie for a hero you've never heard out heard mm-hmm. of every year, then DC can make a Batman movie. Yeah, but see, year. like when Marvel does that, that's something new that people don't know about. That's exposure yeah. to something different. If you're gonna get a, a bunch new of the same. take then... on Batman. No, no. Bat- I could I could throw you five different bat books that are completely different from one another. Like yeah, but they would all still be Batman. No, like, that's what I'm thing. saying. Like, like, it's same... so like there is so much creative control when it comes to Batman. You just you adhere to a couple things. It's like, he doesn't kill people, he's a vigilante, and by day, he's a, he's a playboy billionaire. That's all you need. If you mm-hmm. get those, like, you can do anything. There's, like, Batman stories where he falls in love and he's getting married. There's stuff where he's not even the hero. There's stuff. There's so much fucking stuff. Like, I talk about it for literally an hour. Instead, we're going to do the news. If you just joined <laughs> us, this is Two Cents. It's episode, what is it, fucking 82. We're coming at you February 6, 2017. This is usually recorded Sunday night for your Monday listening pleasures. Instead, this is Monday afternoon and for your Tuesday listening pleasure. Monday late night. If you're angry about that, I'm sorry. Some other stuff that happened this week um very sad our name is two cents this is the live undoctored news show that we do here at dollar reviews i already said it earlier i'd buy that for a dollar you know we cover tech tv movies streaming video games and vr um and we're here because of robocop that's the namesake for the show and this week we sadly had a passing from one of the robocop cast members miguel ferrer who turns out to be george clooney's cousin i did not know that he's the guy who actually creates the Robocop project at OCP he's also in other things that you might have seen, Blank Check most notably he was like I think on um, NCIS maybe it was um, he's just a character actor that you didn't really know but he's the really funny guy uh, who gets killed by the Ed Two. Tu- no no, he gets blown up at uh, uh, Brewbreaker yeah, you know, and he's this... doing coke with didn't huh? he die two weeks ago though? that was a week ago
1: I thought it was like in mid-January it, it was Monday on monday he he died yeah yeah, i think it was like last week
0: yeah it was like right after we recorded or right before um or maybe i did leave it out but i I swear i I thought he died like two weeks ago mid yeah the 19th that's two weeks old wait really
1: yeah that january 19th oh
0: yeah. I, whatever. I That's why I was hearing that I was just like, "Holy we crap!" has this we week been so long it.
1: and awful already? We didn't like, talk
0: about it on the show, and I just I wanted to mention it. Because, yeah. No, I got you.
1: you. Know. Uh, yeah, it fits. <laughs> but it fits. Yeah, you were scaring me for a second because I was just like, "Oh my god!" Has this been such a shitty week? Has so much been going on that it's been this slow? Like scaring me for a second there, Brian.
0: <laughs> the, the week was actually not slow. Probably hey, well, one of the sadder things that it, happen. Hey, quick here, though. tidbit
1: though, you want to know what tomorrow mm-hmm. is? Huh? Tomorrow's his birthday. Oh, that's February 7th, well, so. Yeah.
0: Happy birthday,
1: Miguel. Yeah, he would have been uh
0: Damn it, I don't uh f- 62 years old. Rest yeah. in peace. Um uh, something sad too, another death that's happening this month, actually this month. Uh, IMDB happening or happened happening. Yeah. IMDB is shutting down its message boards on the 20th for some fucking reason. I kind of get it. I mean, there's not many people that use them. The message board days have kind of died. I mean, people are more in tune with Facebook and Twitter. Or just Reddit. Or Reddit, exactly. That's what that is. But But I remember when I discovered IMDb, was that like 2005? Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Like, yeah, I went there to look up movies, learn about them, read the trivia but also go on the message boards, like just to see what people were talking about, what they, their opinions. Like if you're getting rid of message boards, they're also eliminating private messages. Why not eliminate the list features that are there too? Cause those fucking suck. <laughs> like just move all that to Amazon, I guess. Make it, why not just ditch IMDb to be, you know, just period. Amazon I movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they're probably going to do that at some point. I mean, I the IMDb yeah, name isn't that strong. Well, why, and no, own,
1: it's, it's everywhere. Like they own box office Mojo, uh, mm-hmm they're owned by amazon like they're i see the brand everywhere usually like it's always tied to something you google a movie's name and like there's a link to the wiki page the rotten tomatoes page the imdb page like it's still pretty big like
0: if you're just looking up movies on the internet in general so really it's more, why it's more an industry thing to be honest though especially with imdb pro and you know we brought them mm-hmm. up on the show a good amount of times too um But I just thought it was, like, something funny. That's Uh,
1: weird, really.
0: Yeah. I was trying to do a different take on the opening of the show, and it (laughs) kind of flubbed, but whatever. If you don't know who we are, I'm Brian Gillis. Uh, You you can follow me on Twitter, whatever. Also, emails Brian at DollarViews.net. DollarViews.net is where all of our shit is, too, all of our reviews. We just uh, updated, like, our our About Us page uh, because Steve wanted to change what's there. Just my section, yeah. Just his section. Are you going to update yours? That, uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. the person I, th- I thought it was to, time because we did that, what, two years ago now? Uh, not that long ago. The website's only about a year old. Um, mm. No, it's, it's a little bit over a year. It's probably <laughs> like 55 weeks old, 54 weeks old. Uh, no, that's how old it's the domain is. probably back in 2015 is. that it happened. But no, yeah. yeah, the domain name is about that old. The, the website's a little bit older. I'd say a year and a half. Um, but, yeah, you're, you're listening to another voice, not just mine, and that's Stephen Mominex. Hello. Um, the funny thing that happened this week Fandango now announced its first original series if you don't know what Fandango now is I mean I know Steve does but the listener it's uh, Fandango's um, web streaming service So you can rent movies, buy movies, whatever. And now they're getting original content, the first of which is called Extreme Home Theaters, and it's going to be like two to three-minute episodes. It's basically MTV Cribs for the streaming age. I'm actually interested (laughs) in this. I'd love to see, like, the biggest and best home theaters on the planet. Like, show me someone that has, like, a 4K <laughs> laser projector in their house with isn't Dolby that... Atmos and, like, reclining seats and a popcorn maker on every armrest. Like, All I want to see you that. watch
1: it on your phone. Like, isn't that the ultimate fuck you is just that you stream some on your phone for two to
0: three minutes and it's just like, hey, look at this shit that you don't have. Like... Well, it's, just, well, it's like I streaming. <laughs> it's so sad. It's like, I did this thing this week I was going to talk about it during Penny Thoughts, but I'll just throw it in there now. Mm-hmm. I did it last night, actually. PlayStation Now, it's... uh Sony's, like, uh, cloud streaming video game service. Basically, it's, like, named the Netflix of gaming. Uh, There's other competitors out there, but it's, like, the only one that still exists on the forefront. And it's not bad. Like, I did the trial. My Internet's not great to begin with. But I was able pretty nicely to stream a video game with very little buffering issues. Like, I had some input control problems. But the fact that I was able to stream a PlayStation 3 game on my Vita was really cool. Because this isn't Netflix. Nice. It's not like pressing play and yeah. watching it. No. Yeah, like, it uses way more, uh, needs a higher bit rate and all that. Not even just that. You're, you're doing commands. And it's mm-hmm. sending it through the internet to a system that's reading them. And then it's doing the stuff and sending you back what's happening in almost real time. Like, if I wasn't playing on Wi-Fi, if I had an Ethernet cable, it probably would have been flawless. And so I was just trying it. I, I've, like, had access to the service. It's been out there forever. You can do this on your PS3, your PS4, your PlayStation Vita. You can do it on a PC, certain Sony TVs, certain LG TVs, Sony Blu-ray players. All you need is a controller. Uh, you can get a free trial for uh, seven days, and then it's, like, 20 bucks a month, and every once in a while they have, like, $100 for the year. For $20 a month, if you don't have a PS3 and you want to play games, like, the entire God of War franchise, Uncharted 1 through 3, The Last of Us, like... Some premier Sony-only titles, Ratchet & Clank, Sly Cooper, like, there's over 100 games on the subscription. For $20 a month, it's actually a really good deal because one of those games by themselves is $20. So if you have good internet and you've never done this before, I highly recommend checking it out. And the reason I brought it up is because we're talking streaming, and there's this funny news item. I didn't watch the Super Bowl I didn't even watch <laughs> the commercials. I had no interest. I was at work, whatever. Yeah, it kind whatever. of sucked, to be honest. Like, like... I didn't watch this entire football season. I'm a Raiders fan, and especially after their uh, season ended, I really didn't give a fuck. Um, but, yeah, the the reason it's I just bring— It's another, just another—just to point out, it was just
1: another Super Bowl where the Patriots win at the last minute just by the inches. Like, by the the inches, or, like, you know, before it's been by a field goal, but it's, like, uh, it's just not exciting to see the same thing happen every time, you know?
0: Here's what is exciting, though. There's a lot of hype building up into this. Fox got the rights from CBS. That usually doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, like, they were streaming it for free. Super cool. It's like, Super Bowl 51 is streaming for free. You don't even need any Fox service. Yeah. Less than 2% of the audience tuned in via streaming. And... (laughs) That's a and it good crashed thing. at one point, by yep. the way. Yeah. It's a really good thing because right at the end of the fourth quarter, at the end of regulation, before the first overtime in Super Bowl history happened, it was totally down. So that's not too bad. 2% of like $115 million, Yeah. That's it not... came back up, though. Yeah, that's you know, and, that's, and you're watching for free over there. Yeah. You know, like what? What do you expect? Uh, yeah, no, so it was it was like, it's fine. The Spanish one kept going live, so really? I was using that for a period of time. Yeah, huh? So were you watching it for the commercials, or you're you just watching the game? Or? I
1: don't know if they were, if they're airing the same commercials. Like, was it the exact same thing the whole time? Because there actually Probably. weren't that many commercial spots, or at least I just didn't feel like there were that many breaks. Uh, but yeah, I was just watching the game. You know, it was Sunday. I had nothing else to do. I was waiting on you, and then you were like, "Hey, can I bow out?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, all right." This yeah. game kind of sucked. I should just go to bed.
0: I heard it was good.
1: I mean, I, I like, it was it was good like a, at a certain point, but like then like I was a twenty-four
0: just, point turnaround and then a OT honestly, at the last I n- minute. I know people
1: were anti-Patriots just because, like, and these are people that are making they, it political about Trump and everything. But oh, fuck I mean, that. they're just
0: a villain in the NFL. Yeah, I know. Although they I guess you know, Tom year. Brady was
1: kicking ass, but I mean, yeah, they cheated like, last
0: year. It gets boring don't forget watching the that.
1: Patriots win all the time honestly. They
0: literally cheated. They won off <laughs> of a cheat. And they didn't even really get a slap on the wrist. You know, like I eh, it was just it was boring to me cuz it's like
1: you're just seeing the Patriots win again and it, it wasn't that exciting at the end of the day. It, it I
0: don't know, it's eh. It's like, maybe it's, I'll just, watch it's a bummer. The, I
1: would love to see them lose at some point.
0: Maybe they, they've lost before. I, maybe I'll watch the commercials on YouTube. I usually do like a day or the, two after the, yeah, the Bowl. Yeah, the Super
1: Bowl spots were not that big either. Well, I don't know if I'm just getting old, but I just wasn't excited about any of the ones for the movies either. There's
0: a couple. Well, I don't care about the movies necessarily. The one that I really want to see is the NASCAR one with James Vanderbeek, and that's because, uh, fuck, what's his name? So the Coen that? Brothers one? No. There's one that they did that I missed that I heard was actually pretty good, but. No, what's uh what's his name that directed detention to that one? Joseph Kahn. Yeah, Joseph Kahn. So it's a NASCAR like Daytona 500 commercial that stars James Vanderbeek. So I need <laughs> to see that one. I'm sure it's like a 30 second spot. I'm just I'm curious. They're working to see what real that is. well
1: together, especially after the Power Rangers
0: yeah. short. Mhm. So, I, I I can't wait to see Bodied what i'll probably do is i'll hold off on detention until Body comes out and uh tie that in so i can w- watch both of them at like the same time cuz i've can seen detention
1: Dead to cinema cuz that's a weird but fun movie yeah cuz i've seen yeah. torque
0: okay so torque is awesome if you're if you're listening con i've seen your movie a
1: lot of people have seen torque a lot of people a like lot Tork of people too. have yeah. not seen torque not in theaters not no but like it. it's kind of got a following now cuz a lot of people have watched that and just kind of enjoyed it for what it is it's like
0: torque and biker boys like same movie. <laughs> over the t- Are they both produced by Neil Moritz? Because I know... I don't know. Torque, like, yeah, like that's... I want to say Biker Boys is a I Fast and Furious off, even though it has like no ties at all. It yeah, was just but... like, let's make Fast and Furious, but make it a black cast, and make it motorcycles. And then Torque is like... Torque is like, here's the producer of Fast and the Furious. Here's a super over up. the fucking top. Look at me, I can do anything with a more Like, I remember this... Uh, maybe, correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't he like... There's a bike sequence top? in there. Doesn't he drive, like, on top of a bus or something? Like yeah, like Or, like, like a that. train? Yeah. <laughs> like, something just outlandish. You're oh, skating around the bike-fu sequence, which is the reason to watch that movie. <laughs> um, so, at the top of the show, we were talking about Ben Affleck leaving uh-huh. Batman, which could possibly not be finalized. Maybe in a couple of weeks, he decides, nah, actually, I, I will do it. Like, they cut him a deal. They're like, look, even if it fucking sucks, you can direct the sequel. How about that? And he's like, okay, sure. Sure. Um, another movie lost a director this week, a much smaller one that's less important, but still big news. Antoine Foucault, who just came off Magnificent Seven, he is no longer doing the Scarface reboot or remake or whatever the fuck you want to call mm-hmm. it for Universal. Um, the reason is that Equalizer 2 is filming soon, and he has is committed to he actually to that. directing that now? Yeah. Because he was not confirmed to do it now. He uh, is. Yeah, the reason yeah. for him backing out of the Scarface is because Equalizer 2, I mean... Denzel just won the SAG Award, so I guess they are pushing forward with that. It's like, hey, I don't know if that's an even a... worse trade off, honestly, but I don't know. Then again, I,
1: mean, I don't know. Like I you know, nothing against the Scarface remake, but it's like I feel like for this one it would hey, it would be leaning too heavily on the De Palma
0: version rather than being a remake, which is what that Scarface was supposed to be. Here's an exciting piece of information though. They lost the director, they got a star. Tony Montana is gonna be Diego Luna. So I like that casting. Just don't try to be Al Pacino. Just don't. He wouldn't try try to to be Al Pacino. For one thing, he's actually, you know, Mexican. So uh, switch it from Cuba to Mexico. Throw in a Trump story about the wall. Maybe he got here right before it got built. Uh, It doesn't fucking matter. Make something funny. Like, make something good. Make something that works in today's standards. Relocate it from Miami to L.A., It'd be good, maybe, yeah. Just don't copy the De Palma movie, because like that's
1: you know the that movie does not copy the Howard Hawks one. It's just like I feel like that's I don't know. It seems like that's such an iconic movie, the De Palma one that that's my worry, is Just it would lean too heavily on that. But you know, the Magnificent Seven remake, it wasn't echoing the original one way too much, or the original remake or whatever. And that itself is a remake. You know, it was it was kind of doing its own thing, even though it ended up being a bit generic, but. Uh, yeah, like yeah, Equalizer 2, I'm just kind of like, eh. I'm, I'm kind of bummed that that's actually happening. I didn't watch the first one. The first one's knew, fun, but I, I know what it already. is. Yeah, it's just, eh, like, it's just Denzel being a badass, which is fun to watch. Like,
0: but I, I'm not a fan of that, to be honest. Like, yeah, Training Day's is awesome. Like, Man on I love Fire, his, everything I, Tony Scott. I don't. I actually, I don't really remember Man on Fire. I know I saw it, but like, no. it's like him and Dakota Fanning, and he's like his her security guard. The and he'll first do hour that is like Tony Scott's best movie, and then like it. It's still as awesome as it keeps going, but it's like the more Denzel I saw, the the less I liked him like I don't know, like especially when it comes to you know we just did an episode on time travel, you know you can listen to our time crimes episode deja vu cinema. yeah deja vu's a piece of yeah. shit. like when no, I saw I, that I like that movie no I mean, it's, it's it's by no
1: means a great movie, but I had fun with it. It's one of the weaker Tony Scott movies, but like the way that it plays with that idea of time travel, I thought it was a lot of fun.
0: I the my time machine's a fucking box and I'm gonna climb inside of it.
1: Uh but no. no like, but I mean that then just like looking into a window in the past. Was, like well, I thought that was, what was really cool. What
0: was that movie Two Guns with Mark Wahlberg? Like uh, that but, one's okay. There's yeah. so many recent Denzel movies that I've just skipped over. Um, if like he does since something Flight, with basically. Tony Scott, then I will probably or I probably have enjoyed it. Yeah, I was gonna say he's not making any more yeah. movies. So the best Crimson of my knowledge.
1: Tide. That movie's fucking awesome.
0: Um. So. Director leaving, director leaving. Here's one that's going. There was a rumor that this was going to happen. It is true now. Dennis Villeneuve is going to be directing the Dune reboot. Yay, he's embracing franchises. It seems well. No shit. I mean, yeah. Blade Runner 2040. Yep. Um, this so much for original stuff. Man. Technically, Sicario is a franchise, even though he's <laughs> not involved. He created on it, the yeah. second one. Um, okay. I wouldn't be surprised if like fucking Arrival got a sequel if it wins some Oscars. <laughs> um, but yeah, good good for him. I might not be. His biggest fan. As much as I love Prisoners, because that, oh, in what I've seen, though. what like, I've, out of what I've seen, that is his best movie. That's, that is, oh. I think it might be a rival, honestly. Like Arrival is really good, but I, no,
1: Prisoners. Prisoners really pissed me off in some ways. like when I saw that movie. It, it it's Prisoners really gr- is fucking tense, man. It is in some moments, and then it kind of kills that momentum
0: by being pretty fucking stupid in I don't, a few I moments. Don't care. I I really liked Prisoners. It was riveting. I Arrival. Wish. I was like, this is really pretty. The music is good. I I understand the the reason the editing is happening the way it is, but well, I was I'll like, be
1: honest though. For me, I think Arrival is just it's a genre that I think I end up being more fascinated
0: by, maybe just a little bit more. It was a real pretty movie. All of his movies are pretty. It just I don't think I'll ever watch it again. It was like, no, like I, You me. know, I'm more likely
1: to see Contact or Close Encounters again than I am with Arrival. But Arrival's really good. Yeah, Close like, Encounters it's, is it's too. It's really
0: well made. I don't. I still haven't seen Contact, but Close Encounters. Oh, Contact seen, is so good. Yeah, I, I've seen segments. It's just like Close Encounters. It's like I seen it once. I get it. It's worth. It's only worth watching for the score. Uh, I, I no see. I don't. It's know. Like it's the mashed t- potatoes in the living room with the blinding light that gives you sunburns. Like, yeah, I really love that movie. But I still really want to
1: see that movie in a theater. Like, that's something I really would love to see in the I, dome if I got a
0: chance. I don't like any of Steven Spielberg's alien stuff. That E.T. Not e. T. even E.T. Uh, Indiana Jones four and especially not War of the Worlds. Like I don't, I, I don't like his extraterrestrial things. I I, I like his humane stories. That so are you grounded. don't
1: like ET? Is that really what I heard?
0: I haven't seen ET since I was a kid. But, but did you at least like it as a kid? I kind of liked it. I liked it enough that I went I Universal Studios and I rode the ET ride before they tore it down for the second mm-hmm. time. So I you know I got that memory. I didn't not like it. And I, I know, you know, when I get older, I'll probably re-watch Steven Spielberg's filmography, especially because I haven't seen all of this stuff. And maybe I'll be a little nicer, but in, you know, I, I like The Terminal. I like Catch Me If You Can, uh, Schindler's List, fucking... Um, well, two
1: of those movies are good.
0: Yeah, Terminal is the good one. Terminal
1: sucks, man. Terminal like, Terminal so has good. a great opening, a Take pretty Loon good a hour, terminal. and then becomes so stupid as it goes. That movie is amazing. I love it. And that has nothing to do. I've been to wanting do. to rewatch Lincoln lately, just because. Eh. Yeah, I, I, I'm just really curious to check that out. Like that, and always for well, always I've, for a always. certain reason. But uh, we'll talk I, about a guy named Joe when we get to that.
0: The Terminal, my love for it, has nothing to do with the fact that he was in pre-production on that when he was a Cal State Long Beach student. That's just a fun fact. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. Yeah, but I'm just I mean, saying it's, like that's just like, something fun to note Frank about It's his Frank
1: Capra movie, which is yes. really cool. But then it. It becomes so stupid, like near no. the last half hour, and so preposterous all the, that all it the totally fucking just time, it, all the and time, it loses that. Charm. I think
0: of Tom Hanks making his uh, ketchup and mustard saltine sandwiches. I think about that moment all the time for some reason. That and like has to. just Stanley Tucci's character. Catherine Zeta-Jones oh, yeah. is in that, like everyone is good in that movie. Diego Luna and Zoe Saldana, like their relationship in that, um, all like the little it like just character actors. Way too
1: hokey though, as it keeps so going. I don't and get, it, like,
0: like every Steven Spielberg movie, no, no, but no, 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 not every, no, no, but no, no, most no, no. of his like, movies there's, there's get happy hokey. endings.
1: But that one specifically, oh my god, like it just, it, it it totally went beyond the realm of plausibility, even for something that felt like a Frank Capra movie that. Is, you know, I don't give a is shit. It's about to have okay? a melodramatic and happy ending. That Tom Hanks is so awesome in it. I love it. The one love where it. the fucking janitor goes out and stands in front of the fucking airplane on the rail. With, my I God. don't even remember that. Okay, I well, just remember that, that, that I really liked it. I gave it. the movie the middle finger.
0: I remember it. I really, really liked it. Okay, I, it, it, like, well, You should Bridges watch Spies, it again and, and tell me that. Yeah. Bridge Spies, Spies might great. be a really fucking good movie. It was in our top tens. But I'd rather watch The Terminal any day. <laughs> hands down Tom Hanks yeah. better in Bridge of Spies well thank you for better to for watch yeah. in the terminal more yeah. interesting character just laugh a you minute you it's, haven't I, seen it's, Always it's, have you no. uh, we might have to at some point That's I know that's not
1: Tom Hanks though right no Isn't that's that Richard, uh, Richard Dreyfuss, Dreyfuss and no. John Goodman and uh, Holly Hunter and uh, Aubrey Hepburn's in there I think hmm. yeah that's, that's much, her last movie
0: jumping back to the news though <laughs> Dune's gonna reboot Yep. I think we're going to have to watch the original David Lynch one. Yeah, we're going to have to yeah. see the David Lynch movie sometime soon, maybe. We'll get to it, maybe uh, when this comes out. Yeah, because uh, maybe before that, because this Blade Runner isn't for... Is that the, that's next year, right? That's this year. It is this year. Yeah, October. Fuck. So, yeah, maybe Dune is 2018. Yeah. No. He just signed on. That means I don't know he's
1: been pretty good about like it's Sicario legendary was
0: 2015 yeah he's making uh, one arrival a year. was
1: last year like prisoners it's 2013. about every year and I doubt that um I think prisoners was 2013 yeah uh, well yeah. and then enemy also came out that same year yeah uh, same theatrically year. anyway so he's but, doing like one a year yeah like it, and I doubt that blade runner is going to cost 100 million like it, it doesn't oh, look, with advertising
0: you know, probably will well, just no, the cash. No, because
1: Arrival was it's pretty like, resourceful and uh, he made it for probably, what, like $40 million? Like, I doubt he's going to make it big and bloated, that it's going to demand a huge budget. Dune He'll is going to He'll probably make be a, a movie budget, that'll though. still feel big. Dune no, is probably
0: going to be expensive. Dune is going to be fuck. huge. That's yeah. legendary. They just lost their CEO, Thomas Toll. This mm-hmm. is like the first really, really, really big get for, for Wanda this is like an international franchise, they're probably going to pimp the shit out of it and try to make it like the hugest blockbuster of the year Um, that isn't a superhero movie. But who knows? Talking about superheroes, though, Flash and Supergirl are having a musical crossover. I've talked about this a lot. Huge news item here. The lyricist behind La La Land wrote one of the songs. It's titled Running Home to You. This just got guaranteed to be good. This is gonna be like the best thing on TV this year, better than Stranger Things episode season two. Like this is gonna be the best thing. I'm like four episodes behind on The Flash currently. I'm gonna this this episode's next month. I'm gonna catch up fucking real quick so I can watch this crossover. And I still haven't announced the director. I hope it's Josh Whedon. I still hope it's Josh Whedon. (laughs)
1: Someone good. I'm out of the loop on this, but I will i I'm, I appreciate your enthusiasm, sir.
0: It's going to be funny as shit. It's going it's it's a musical crossover episode. Mhm. Ah. <laughs> like the CW hasn't done that since Buffy. And that wasn't even a crossover. So, just saying. <laughs> um, bigger CW news though. Uh, do you remember that Black Lightning show? That I talked about a while ago. It's like DC's first black superhero It yeah, came out in the 70s. You think so? So yeah, Fox was trying to make that. They decided they're not. Um, it's jump ship just like Supergirl and is going to the CW. It just got a pilot order. It's going to be the fifth show as part of the Berlantiverse, verse also known as the Arrowverse on the CW. So it's joined the likes of Supergirl, Arrow, The Flash, and Legends of Tomorrow. Those take place Monday through Thursday, which means this is a natural fit for a Friday slot. They're going to, if this gets picked up for a order they're going to have a CW DC show every day of the week yeah, uh, and that's the worst
1: slot that it could get though right no, no not worse I'm just saying like, like Friday's it, is typically bad for TV but yeah no, you that'd can't, be insane, Like, yeah, that they have that many
0: it would be so cool because they have one of everything Supergirl mm-hmm. is for the girl demographic The Flash is like the family drama uh, Arrow is like Vigilante Justice kind of dark DC Legends of Tomorrow is like over-the-top weird sci-fi like almost comical adventures and then Black Lightning is also like a family drama but that's like the the superhero coming out of retirement angle while at the same time being a black show so they're gonna have one of everything this show mind you is the second only to Luke Cage to be a superhero show that's headlined by a black actor so that's gonna be awesome um I'm excited to see this pilot uh, especially because it's got, right when we start Penny Thoughts in a second, I'm going to talk about a different DC pilot that I watched this week. Uh, but the final teaser we have here for the show is that uh, something else got picked up this week, and I'm so excited. Red Oaks is getting a third and final season. That's probably going to be good. out very soon. I can't no, it's, it's wait. It's good
1: that they're ending it the British
0: way now. Well, it, not even just that, just... It's a totally underrated show that no yeah. one watches. Like, it, I'm it, halfway through the uh, second season right now. I watched that
1: in one day. I watched the yeah. first season in one day. Like, no, I've been pretty slow. I'm I, literally, I guess I'm halfway through the entire series. If this third season has only ten episodes, then I'm literally at the halfway point of the entire thing now.
0: I still haven't even seen the first episode of the third season of uh, Transparent. Don't ask me why. How long has it been out? A long time now. Like, four <laughs> months it's been out a while. I never even watched the first episode. I, I don't Has know Has anyone why. even
1: talked about that show anymore? Not really. It kind of just yeah. like kind of died it's, off. It's more like season
0: one, oh, it's great. Season two, you told me, eh, it's kind of yeah, the see- same. And season- then three is like, eh. Season two was all right. But yeah, it's like, like, it's like, yeah. I like the characters in the world enough that I am interested and I know I will. I, I think I just haven't really been motivated. Maybe that's because, you know, I'm still kind of getting into the swing of VR things at home and then trying to catch up on the movies from this past year. So I make my top 10 list um, <laughs> and like work and, and a couple other things. I've just been a little occupied, uh, but yeah, very excited to see Red Oak season three. If you guys have not seen it yet and you have Amazon prime, Please do. If you like '80s stuff, like especially John Hughesian things, you're gonna love it. It has really great heart, great cast. It just feels really good. It's a great '80s throwback. And uh, you know, given our presidency currently, uh, you know the '80s are making a comeback. Is good. It's funny. I just saw the episode that um,
1: uh, a few days ago that referenced Justice Scalia <laughs> being uh, nominated for the Supreme Court. It's just a funny throwback there. Just to hear that at, at this time specifically.
0: Right. Uh, so right now is a spot where we could have an ad break. If you're an advertiser or you got a company or you got a podcast or a website and you want us to talk about it, we could do it right here. And we're going to tell you how you can do that in a little bit. But right now it's Penny Thoughts. This is where we share the things that we've been listening to or watching or eating or anything. We get three each, and we just talk about them pretty quick before we get into the headlines. That way, you know, you've kind of understood our viewpoints. Uh, but before we talk about the bigger things, you can really understand who we are and what we talk about. Uh, so you start this week, Steve. What, what are the three things you picked up on?
1: Uh, phew,
0: all right. Well, I've been mainly because it's been such a terrible week. I've just kind of
1: been watching stuff that's making me think about the end of the world, I guess. <laughs> Um, a way to start with that is that I saw 28 Days Later, because uh, there was actually a screening on 35 here, which... and it's How is that, that even
0: on 35? You know what?
1: It was awesome. Like, I, I'm it's not digi- going to lie... It's are all-digital it, movies. Yes, like, here's the thing, is, you know, first off, I know it's funny that after Dancer in the Dark, I'm seeing it, and then, you know, I keep talking about that movement and the movies that are kind of tied to it, but not really part of it, even though this mm-hmm. has one of the DPs, but... You know, there is something very interesting about just the way that this movie is shot and seeing DV blown up on 35 running at that frame rate. Just there's something very different about looking at that image rather than seeing it projected on some sort of digital format that it, it looks strangely beautiful and the colors for it still look great. Like... I mean, you know, the common thing that can be said now to film uh, makers is like, hey, you have a camera in your pocket. Go out and make something like that's great and inspiring when so- inspiring when some turns out great. But I'm looking at this. And I'm like just from the opening, the way that these shots are composed, like the way everything is staged, the way that the shots are filtered, the way that they process this D.I., like. It looks and feels like a movie, like albeit just more of like a grungy kind of dirty one that has this really I don't, well, I strange and interesting look. But I'm looking at this, I'm like, no, like this is so fucking inspiring on a technical level that it's like you can make a movie on a fucking
0: cassette tape that looks this good, like, and it looked really nice. You said di. Since it was filmed digital and it went to film, it would be the opposite of that process. Maybe well, it, an it, ID. There definitely, like, were,
1: <laughs> there definitely had to be color corrections here because there's contrasts well, no, you know, being a, spiked up and amped up. But a
0: DI, though, is, is scanning yeah, that's, film that's the film and making digital it a digital copy. copy. If you make but, a digital okay, copy the Okay, the color correction film, process. Because yeah. like, I mean, <laughs> it,
1: it's, it's commonly mixed up in the same way, so terminology gets thrown yeah. all over the place. But it's like, I mean, yeah, like while technically I don't want to say it technically looks like shit it's just you know it's not at the same resolution and standard but it's able to take like all the flaws of just that format and compose these really beautiful looking just interesting looking shots and then to have them blown up on 35 it's like you know seeing it this way there was just something about it that looks so cool where I was just like you know what I will not see something this way again and I I really got a kick out of that um, aside from that the movie is still awesome uh as far as zombie movies, I also finally caught Train to Busan.
0: Yeah, I saw that on Letterboxd earlier. How'd, yeah. How do you like s- it?
1: So much fun, dude. So um, good, right? Like, it, it really is just a standard zombie movie, and I kind of yeah. love that it's a movie about the Disney dad, you know, the dad that's always working his ass off, just focused on nothing but that, and never has time to be with this kid. And, it, it you know, it's kind of like that template with the Santa Claus, it's this movie where something's gonna happen so that he can do something nice for his kid and get along with them you know although it's a zombie movie instead and they're on a train and it's in south korea and south korea they just know how to make fucking movies man and it's a really exciting ride like i swear that there's just one moment that really pissed me off i i don't know if you can tell what it is but like one character did something so fucking stupid that just You know,
0: felt. I'm talking about the banker dude, the angry dude, the villain. No,
1: no, no, no. no. Like, I I get that there's someone like that, but there's one. uh, All right. uh, Spoilers real quick for a train to Busan, if that's cool. Um, If you don't want to hear anything, then skip ahead like a couple minutes. you know the two old women on the train that, like, yeah, the sisters. two sisters that... Yeah, yeah, the one that opens that fucking door to let no, them sh- all in? No, fuck yeah. I was very happy about that. So
0: fucking dumb,
1: though. No, like, how is that
0: dumb? Think about no, it. That's, that's such no, a that dumb is, screenwriting no. moment where no, you're going to risk
1: not. all the innocent people on that train. Like, I Those get it that a bunch innocents. of them are afraid. Those weren't those no, I get innocents. I can, I can no, buy, it. like, those, there's that one no, fucking asshole no, banker, but no, no it's like, this They were shitty... all fucking
0: assholes. Oh, yeah. No, no, they like, were I, all... And then they're giving no. in
1: to fear at that point, and no. yes, I totally get it that they're despicable, no. but that's such a shitty fucking a thing shitty to do at that point. It was not a shitty moment. I would have done the exact same thing. Uh, no, you don't get no. to decide No, I would have done that's the exact same thing. do, and she's no better than them for doing Yeah, those
0: assholes decided the other people's fate.
1: I really thought that was just a dumb move as far as screenwriting. No, it's, it, it's That like, was no, a
0: brilliant moment. That always I, happens in a zombie movie. It killed
1: movie. No, it killed it for me. It Always like, happens in a zombie Someone catatonic movie. just getting everybody else killed. It, I can't stand that shit. It's what it, it's, happens it's in irritating. the genre. Someone has enough and the fucking those two assholes are still alive even after that. And it's just kind of like well shit. You know like it, I mean I loved hating them. Like you know right when you see that then you keep going along with it but but yeah, no, I mean it that moment did drive me nuts. Still a fucking awesome movie though. Like no, uh, I love really. that movie, And that's, that's all I'm going to spoil of it. A- everything
0: um, about the movie I saw from a mile away. There's nothing about Train to Busan that hasn't been done before. Yeah, no, like, it's it just it it is, does it really, really it's well. Standard.
1: It plays with cliches. Like, mm-hmm. there's genuine emotion there that you definitely feel every beat. And it's a lot of fun. It's a really, really yeah, the, fun...
0: The little girl's great. The dad's train ride. great. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. The like, action is really good until you get to, South like... South Korea, they fucking... Until it goes it off the rails and it kind of gets weird. Um... <laughs> Well, no, it um, just, you know, it could have been like a good 20 minutes shorter, but it never drags. and It never it, it's, bothered me. It's, a, it's a great looking. ride, and it's it's tense, and it's emotional, yeah. and it's funny, and there's good action, and the zombies oh, move yeah. fast, and just everything about it is just done really, really well. And, you know, it's funny that you saw 28 Days Later and then that because it, it owes a lot to that film, especially just in terms of the fast zombies thing. Yeah,
1: well, like 28 Days it's i really this is something i love about 28 days later especially seeing it theatrically like just the sound of that like i love how it can be quiet and then when zombies just come in smashing through windows it is so fucking loud that it just kind of like you don't like necessarily jump up out of fear maybe it's because i've seen the movie before but you just feel like just that sound of all the glass breaking you just feel all the impact of that and i really thought that was awesome and that's you, you know, even if technically it might make you question at first glance, like, why the fuck would you see that movie in a theater? I'm 35, no less. I'm like, no, like, seeing that movie in a theater was a lot of fun and having the best technical presentation for it possible. Mm-hmm. Totally worth it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and your, it, what's
0: um, what's your third Uh,
1: thing? yeah, third one. Um, I could have gone with Red Oaks, but, um, well, you know what? Uh, I, I did see the, the, uh, James Baldwin documentary, I Am Not Your Negro, which, uh, is, is very topical right now, especially on the topic of race on this country. And I'm not going to talk about it too much. Um, it's a documentary. But, you, know, you can't really yeah, talk like, about Yeah, like, you know, like totally, if you really want to reflect on that and the state of race in the past and how it relates to now and just, you know, definitely gave me a lot to chew on um, afterwards. And, you know, I actually, it's, it's funny because there was a, a uh, Malcolm X adaptation that James Baldwin was working on. I think it was in the 70s that Billy D. Williams was supposed to star in. And I still have not That'd seen the weird. Spike Lee, Denzel Washington It's an uh, epic. Version. It's a really long yeah. movie. It goes I do from, want to see it at some it point. It goes
0: from Malcolm X being like, well, it starts with his childhood, but not really. But it's his uh-huh. whole fucking life. It yeah. like It was adapted directly from his autobiography. Like but it, I'm not gonna it's lie, a though. Long like long
1: movie. Right when I found out about that, though, imagining Billy D. Williams as Malcolm X—that's that. that's, that's a that's a funny thing to think about. Um, funny and like that's obviously, bad. like I don't know about that's bad because it's like, well, you know, at that time, for all I know, that could have been great. But I I don't have anything to compare it to other than the poster of Denzel Washington as Malcolm X, and then of course all the archival perfect. footage is Malcolm, Malcolm yeah. X, and I'm just kind of like, well, you know, I can't see it, but. Oh, yeah. But um, yeah, you know, it's a documentary that no doubt is gonna burn an impression of this time right now. And uh, really just a, a, a documentary more about like how we view America and what America really is, and then how race ties into that. And uh, I mean, really, it left me with a lot to chew on and reflect on afterwards. And I don't know what other people's experience is going to be with it. You know, it's it's a documentary, so it's tough to rate. But yeah, this is an Amazon Studios documentary. It's going to hit that no, um, definitely at some point. So, uh, yeah, if that is something that you feel like chewing on for ninety minutes, then by no means you got nothing to lose. There's definitely a lot of thought-provoking uh, moments that are that are bound uh, and just things to think about, uh, uh, just of the current state of the country, you know, especially right now.
0: Well, talking about Amazon, I checked out one of their I movies this week. I knew you were going to use the segue. Uh, Manchester by the Sea. I finally saw it. Or better yet, I finally finished it. I watched it in two <laughs> parts. I was watching it. I got halfway through. I fell asleep. I picked it up a little bit later because the movie moved so slow that that wasn't really a problem. It's all conversation. There's no action. Um, it's opposite of what Elvis wanted. Thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I kind of sat in bed and I was like, I thought Michelle Williams had a really good performance in this movie. She's barely in it. What the fuck were they talking oh, about yeah, at no, Sundance? Like... like why is Casey Affleck the forerunner for best actor? You it didn't know, seem that really great. It's really because like, of
1: their one scene. That's why.
0: Yeah, they like, have a really great scene. They have an and amazing lasts, like, scene. It like five that minutes. It just wrecks you. It's not but, even five minutes. Like.
1: Yeah, but that that's really all that it's built up to, and like I mean, Casey Affleck really has one expression there, but he's holding back so much with good reason. Like,
0: oh no, yeah, he's not bad, but yeah, I, no, I was like no, watching, no, not, I was not not like, at all. this is supposed to be the best actor of the year? I was like, eh. uh,
1: well, I I don't know. I it's always weird for me to rank performance, like you know, like I I can't ever really do that, like judge something on best performance of the year. But like, yeah, just mm-hmm. as far as um, how just the the characterization of him and how he plays that and what it all. Ends up culminating to like it really. I mean, this movie left me with a really weird feeling at the end. Like, it, it, it I dare say it might may have even devastated me. Like, and I don't want to spoil it, but it's just like the final thing that, um, that he says about everything that they basically he just endured at that point yeah. and everything that's going on. And it's just like that really really kind of just struck me just as far as like someone that's a movie about trying to move on and trying to move forward and not going in a conventional Hollywood route. And it goes, it just ends in a way that felt brutally honest and truthful to, I think a lot of, um, a lot of things I've at least experienced Yeah, in terms um, of
0: convention it definitely goes against the grain it's, oh, a, yeah. it's an interesting movie because it doesn't exactly tell you a story or play out in a way that a film generally does and part of that is it's nonlinear linear structure I mean it is linear but it has a good amount of flashbacks and especially when the film starts it's kind of hard to keep track of that Um, but there's like really interesting editing choices, you know, like last episode we Mm -hmm. were were bringing up Demolition, how much I really enjoyed the editing in that. I still think it's the best editing of the year. Arrival also has really great editing. Um, but this one probably is going to win. If Moonlight doesn't, it's going to be this one for editing. Just just the way that like the yeah. story itself is structured and then how everything is contextualized
1: as you find out these pieces of information well, and just how they it's, hit you and like it's you more understand than just all that, the details
0: though. it was like the, the choices in when moments ended like when a scene mm-hmm. ended like you get these characters getting in the car and they're arguing and then they, they don't even finish the conversation they just like throw out like oh yeah fuck you too and then it jumps to something else and you're like well that's kind of how life is like you know yeah. it's like, not like it, it, it's not a pretty tied up like great conversation and something memorable it's like no like you're throwing fucking daggers at each other you're trying to hurt yeah, each other because you're like, in
1: pain like and it's if it, there's so many like difficult things happening there that no one is addressing but you can definitely see that they're there because you're the objective eye of the entire thing you know mm-hmm. and it's just like seeing all that happen and knowing that like y- you want to like tell them exactly like how they should be working it out, but you know that they can't because they're so in that moment. And you see that pain there that's happening. It's just like, it just, that's what really struck me. Um, like I, I knew I, it.
0: I had to watch it. I was going to watch it. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's been a best of the year contender since it premiered at Sundance. I was interested to see the movie that, that, you know got that much money as a paycheck Um, curious to see you know the first streaming movie to be nominated for best picture and it's notable too because it's going to be on Amazon Prime tomorrow (laughs) so if you got any interest to see it again which I doubt Steve you can watch it for free tomorrow Um, I might watch it again maybe some other time I might see it but uh, not right away have you
1: seen anything else by Kenneth Lonergan no. I know he's only done two other things. Yeah, um, Margaret is... I, I'm i one of the few people, I think, that thought it was fantastic. But um, I, haven't, I haven't seen Yeah, I know stuff. you can count on me as big, but I haven't
0: seen that. Um, so I, I had no familiarity with the filmmaker. You know, the actor's obviously Michelle Williams. I've seen all of Dawson's Creek, you know? <laughs> so I know where she's really from. I've seen most of her shit before she became, like, this snowflake perfect actress in Hollywood. Like, there's just something about her whenever she's in a movie no one can say anything bad about it. Like even you the wizard what? of Oz prequel, they were like, well, at least Michelle Williams is good as Glenda. It's like, yeah, like, uh, how often does she do big temple stuff? Cause never. that's really the
1: only one I can think of. Yeah. No, that was I know like, she's done. What's I'm, I'm like, blanking on her name. Uh, the, like, the chick that did Wendy and Lucy, um, it, that was like the first Fuck. big movie she'd ever done
0: yeah she's she's known for doing things like this like yeah she was on Dawson's Creek but even when she was on that she was doing more like uh smaller things like I I know she's in Brokeback Mountain um she's yeah. she's usually that wife like in the fucked up relationship isn't she in uh <laughs> The Last Waltz I have not with seen Seth it. Rogen oh yeah yeah that yeah Um, which i've not seen that yeah with the relationship drama like she's in the smaller indie darling like you gotta watch this one because she's really good in it type of stuff and same is true here except she's really not even in it like she's i know she's nominated for best actress she should be supporting like what the fuck like are you joking that is a supporting role is it's like this is the casey affleck movie like yeah you got his Mm. his nephew or whatever. It's one person. Mm-hmm. It's a one-person movie, and y- you feel for yeah, him, it. But it's eh. yeah, like she's a big part of it. But yeah, no, that's not a leading actress. Um, yeah, it's not it's, for that it's, a, it's a solid movie. Like I said, I'll, I'll probably watch it again sometime in the future, especially because I would assume it's well, never you want gonna to feel so crappy about yourself. No, I didn't even feel that way. I just I because I watched it in a disjointed manner. I, I did yeah. take a break. I would like to see it in one sitting to see uh, what kind of impact that has. I mean, I when I stopped it, I already knew where things were going to go anyway, but just, like, certain some of the scenes, like, I, I think there'd be a bigger payoff if I if I watched it in one go. Um, you know, there's something, I mean, I don't know
1: if you watched it with headphones or anything, but there's just something when you see even movies like that in the theater where they just let the scene run and, you know, just you have all these natural sounds playing in the background and you just feel the environment, and this is, like, a two-and-a-half-hour movie, so, uh, I mean, like, it... it not on, this struck me like definitely, but then when I left the theater, it's just like I still had like the senses of everything that you have there in um, mm-hmm. in Boston over just in that area. Like it, it just it you still feel like you're in that environment somehow, which is like it's just that weird feeling when you like really get struck out of the uh, struck watching a movie. Like uh, just uh, I mean, yeah, just uh, it's it's the thing that I kind of love. Like I I think the theater was just the perfect environment just for me to really feel that space and like it just. By the time I was walking out, you know, it's like it really burned that impression on me, and I was unable to shake it for quite a while at that point. Yeah. I saw Moonlight the same exact day, yeah, so like both movies. It, no, it's it's it was weird. It was like because they both have like this very specific feeling to them, and like both of them were just burned in my brain at like the same time, so it
0: really just it was like this weird sort of clash between the two, yeah. But, um, yeah, so yeah, Manchester by the Sea. If you want something that's gonna make you not feel good that's on Prime <laughs> by the time you listen to this something that will make you feel good is Swiss Army Man and I'm very happy to announce that that is on Prime now also so yeah, definitely yeah. watch that because no one fucking saw it this year for some reason and it should have been nominated for an Oscar in at least any category one of the best movies of the year that seriously, makeup, cinematography anything. sound, seriously sound like, not just music but sound how about really? Daniel Radcliffe for best actor Like that anything. would never happen but sure, should have happened I'm sorry, you made me care for a fucking corpse. Like <laughs> And he was funny. Yeah. Which I didn't know Harry Potter could he's, do. He was Yeah, he,
1: what have you not seen Harry Potter? they said he's not funny. I'm trying to think. I I really wanted
0: to, well, what he, else has he done? Shit, not much. He's usually yeah. a serious actor.
1: Uh, The F Word. Did you not laugh there? I
0: well, that's not how I I call that movie, What If? But the original title is The F Word. Yeah, no. But I call it What If. Uh no, I like that. Yeah, he's funny in that. That's one of my favorite rom coms of that year. Him and Ellie's Kazan, they got really good chemistry. It's like, I wonder, like, I know we talked about this during Swiss Army Man, but if, like, he was like, So, uh, you, you like my wife? Is she fun to work with? Like, like what kind of conversations they <laughs> yeah. had about that with Paul Dan? Oh, like, man. Yeah, we'll have yeah. you around sometime. How about that?
1: You don't make out with her. How do stars and relationships like that
0: work? Because it's almost like right. everyone knows everyone, you know? Right, or they've made out yeah. with everyone or done a sex yeah. scene. It's like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I I saw something really good this week, though, that I had been wanting to see for a while. I really wanted to catch in theaters, and I sadly didn't. I caught The Edge of Seventeen, which was seriously, oh my God, so fucking good. Just one of the best teen movies I've seen in a long time, and I even hesitate to say that because it's rated R. So you know you're supposed to be seventeen at the least to watch. No, this. that's like
1: a real teen movie because like think about it, well, high school is R rated. It
0: is, but like, like th- that's, that's what thing, made
1: Super Bad one of the best high school
0: movies of my time. Yeah, you know? <sighs> see, that's a high school movie like eh, it. Like, that's totally for high schoolers at that point. Like sort of, but it's like less with Edge of 17 because she's supposed to be a junior and most juniors are like 16. They become 17 at that point yeah, they're too. They're at the edge yeah. of 17 you know. So yeah that fits. So it, you know it's a fitting title and they don't actually use the, the song in the movie but whatever mm-hmm. uh, but yeah really good. It's written directed by the lady that wrote Post Grad. Uh, so if you haven't seen that, it's actually pretty good. Alexis, Is that actually? I, yeah, it's actually yeah. pretty good. It's like I heard it was pretty not good. But. It's it's not great or anything. It's just like yeah. it's interesting, especially for us. So, you know, it's. Alexis Bledel, now, she just guess, graduated yeah. from college. She's trying to get a real job. She can't. She's living at home. Michael Keaton's her dad. And there's just like weird little hijinks that I happen. I kind of have to watch it now just because yeah, you know, Yeah. Like it. Just because of that. I saw it on cable right when it came out when I was watching this. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I really like this. And went on IMDb. I looked up the director. I was like, I've never heard of her before. I looked at her from a all- was like, oh, she, she wrote that? I was like, that makes sense. Like the, the comedy here is the same. But it's written so fucking well. Um, Hailey Stanfeld, Haley Stanfeld, just one of the smartest, well-ridden teen characters I've seen in fucking forever, like, since uh, Emma Stone in the EZA. Except that's, like, beyond yeah, feasibility. I, like, that wouldn't but that actually... But more
1: like, it, it's, you know, it's, it's well-ridden, but it's, like, it's kind of quirky in that sense yeah, if that's it's, even the word I'm well, looking for. Th-
0: this is too though. Yeah, this this is
1: very like, that one's more stylized dialogue rather than great characterization, I think. It's
0: I, I think it's a mix of both, but um Haley Seinfeld's character here is just you have met someone like this. 100%. Mm-hmm. I'm the person that she is in that movie. Okay? Whereas like everyone just thinks you're an asshole. Like that that's her character. <laughs> just she does it so well and I like so many things about it, especially just how romance is portrayed, like, it's, it's not the classical Hollywood standard where it's like, oh, she just wants to, to meet someone and be happily ever after. Like, no, she just wants to get laid because she's a virgin. Like, and not in the 16 Candles type of way, like, in a more realistic way. And it's, you know, quote-unquote for millennials because it was released this year, but no, it doesn't feel that way. She has this line where she's like, it feels like I'm an old person. I don't even fit in today. Uh, her love interest, Irwin, it's notable he, well, I hesitate to even say love interest, but he's Asian. That fucking never happens in movies. Uh, and apparently he was the first person cast to because uh, it's like an Asian production company. Um, but yeah, check yeah, this CX, one out. Yeah. I'd buy it for a dollar. Like, so good. Like, it, it's going to make you feel, it's going to make you laugh, maybe get emotional. It just goes places that you don't anticipate. Um, you know, a lot of people last year, I uh, do no, two years ago now, were really big on... Um, uh, Diary of a Teenage Girl. I wasn't. That was a little too nihilistic for me, a little too dark. This is like the same kind of thing. Also, like I said, female writer-director, except it, it just it, it's a feel-good movie. Like, yeah, you're watching it. Like, it's a, it's not Lifetime, but almost, and everyone's good in it. I love the wardrobe choices. She's always wearing a different pair of Vans. Um, real interesting. <laughs> the the setup for it, basically, is what if your best friend started dating your your brother? Um, so just interesting. You've like never seen that in a movie before. Um, and then I thought it was funny because her best friend is uh, the, uh, one of the girls in the bronze, the gymnast in the bronze. And then her brother is uh, Bruce Jenner from Everybody Wants Them. So the cast is... You mean Blake Jenner? Blake Jenner, yeah. So <laughs> A different guy completely. The, the whole cast... You might not know who they are. You've seen them somewhere. Um, really good, though. Yeah, especially Woody Harrelson. He's, he has a great Yeah, like, I've role. seen
1: the trailers for it. I remember, and I just missed it because it came out, what, in September or November? Uh, it was or? it was
0: November, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, Real good. Yeah, so, yeah, not that long ago. High, yeah, like, I, highly I, recommend I, just, I remember him in the trailers. Like, yeah, he got the, you know, that big moment where he's reading back the text. And yeah. That line about run-on sentences like got a huge laugh every single time. He,
0: it's by somebody. It's so. probably gonna be in my top ten. Like I'd I'd be highly <laughs> surprised if it wasn't. And uh, that, I think yeah, that seems like your type of movie. High school movies especially. It's the high school movie. I, yeah. It's it, it, yeah. I, I don't <laughs> think I think the high school film is still the best genre out. Like I, you know I, I might love noir. I might love gore. I have a penchant for superhero stuff. I'm gonna be talking about that in a, in a second here. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. the high school movie man like there's just something about it it's I, I think mostly just because the audience aren't adults yet they haven't lived through everything and they're gonna watch these movies because they're starring actors that are their age so they're attracted to it just inherently and yet it teaches you so much about life and not even when you're that age but when you're any age and so just the idea that this is something that could change not just your world view but also literally your life um it it it's, there's nothing anything else like it. Um, something else that there's nothing else like. I saw this week. I saw the pilot for Powerless, NBC's DC like workplace comedy. Um, I'm gonna watch it again this week. Yeah. Only for one reason, and it's because you know I've I've watched Flash and Arrow and and Supergirl. I've seen Gotham. I've seen like an episode of Luther, uh, Lucifer. You know I've I've seen at least an episode of everything DC that's airing currently. And this was a hundred percent, the deepest rooted in DC mythology while at the same time, also being like the most bizarre out of all of them. Like, you know, like all those other shows, they kind of, they're not exactly fan service. It's just like, Mm -hmm. Oh, here's a show about this superhero whatever. You know, like, Gotham especially. It's like, this isn't about God- this isn't about Batman. This is about Gotham and the villains and how they started. This show, though, is 100%. Do you like DC Comics? Do you want to see a show that is 100% targeted towards you, and yet any, anyone else can watch it? Check this out. The setup is really brilliant. It's uh, the city, Charm City, which, as far as I know, doesn't exist in comics. Um, and basically, uh, Vanessa Hudgens is, like, the boss or she just got in to be the boss um for Wayne security who creates like gadgets and stuff to to like help civilians um from uh, supervillains basically and the the spin that you get at the end of it, like I said, it's Wayne's security. So, like, you yeah, have Batman mentioned, like, here or there. But there's, like, I laughed out loud or, like, just, like, giggled at certain moments. They're, like, oh, are you waiting for a, a wizard to help you out? And this um, Danny Pudi's, like, Shazam! He's, like, oh, nope, he didn't come down to help you out. And it's, like, that is such, like, a way out there DC joke. <laughs> because Shazam is not something that people are commonly aware of. He's one of their heroes that is like gonna get big because of the DCU. But oh like I, I couldn't stop laughing. Like not because of that joke, just throughout. Like not good. The show's not good. It's a pilot. So like I said, I'm gonna watch it again. I'm really curious, especially Alan Tudyk. So fucking good on this. He plays uh Bruce Wayne's cousin. Um yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna hesitate on saying check it out for right now <laughs> maybe next week i'll have something more to say but really it's interesting only a pilot at this point it's a pilot so, yeah. yeah so uh in terms of what it offers on tv in the dc universe there's nothing else like it the rest of them even if they're lighthearted and like good time feeling like the flash they're still mostly serious this was not like this is a sitcom it's a workplace sitcom it's it's Ron Funches, fucking Danny Pudi, uh Alan Tudyk, this other girl I don't know the name of, like, everything's a joke, even when it's serious um, mm-hmm. like, she's running around with this book called Wayne or Lose, like, How I Became a Millionaire or something like that Like <laughs> just, just, like, little tiny things that shouldn't be important, but, like I, I don't know, just, I'm I'm happy that NBC took this choice, like, I, I'm not generally a fan of their comedies outside of Parks and Recreation, but this was yeah, this was cool, like, I'm, a, I'm gonna check it out next week um, now that you've listened to us talk about some stuff, we've reviewed a couple of things. If you're into that, I mean, if you like the news, too, you can come back every week. But we do spoiler-free reviews for new releases. Uh, most notably, this award season, we did Elle and La La Land. We also did Swiss Army Man, which we were talking about earlier. Green Room, which also didn't get any love for some reason. Um, Sing Street. Well, from the
1: Oscars, well, really?
0: Well, I'm not saying the Oscars. Anywhere. Green Room didn't get nominated anywhere. Like, not even, not even for the independent spirit. Oh, wait, yeah, because that's... No, we got, we got fucking nothing. Yeah. Well, Sing Street either, really. Like, you know, Sing Street, we got an episode for that. No one, no one really talked about that. Like, you got nominated well, at the Golden you know Globes, what? but eh. All right, well, let's create an award show. Yeah.
1: And, yeah, we we can send them out something, at least so they feel like they made something nice. Yeah. Not that they already don't already feel we'll, accomplished. We'll but send
0: the kids something. we are like, hey, you guys were really good on this. Be thing. like, hey,
1: you did a great song. Here you go. Here's a piece of paper printed out with our names on it saying, we liked what you did. Yeah, so if you—that's yeah, a good way to get uh, <laughs> recognition, maybe.
0: But if you're interested in us doing Seriously, reviews do for new releases,
1: or, no, wait, wait, wait. H- sorry. How about an e um, award? An e award? Just, just have, have it like be emailed to like them. A you know, it's kind of like an e card or something. Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> I don't know, about it would
1: have like to. Photoshop and everything. I don't know. Well, just we'll, be like, hey, you got a penny from us? Like
0: you, you, you think that out, and then we'll see a giant penny <laughs> like Batman. Uh, talking about Batman, though, if you're interested in in hearing one of our reviews. I'm for sure gonna be seeing Lego Batman movie this weekend. Steve might also we might have a review out early next week uh, and we do lots of superhero stuff here We did Batman versus Superman three fucking times um, suicide squad dr. Strange uh, fucking ghostbusters like it, we, we might don't be do doing anything else <laughs> we might be doing Logan um, I'll be seeing it for sure so yeah you, you can check that out uh, and then we also have Dead to cinema, which is definitely our better show our best show It's the one that we actually have fans for. And that's our semi-topical list of shame show that we put out every Wednesday. The episode that we have coming later this week, which we talked about earlier, is Time Crimes. Um, We got My Bloody Valentine next week, the original, not the remake. And we might have Brendan from Scream 101 on that, too. We'll have to talk to him. He was on our Black Christmas episode. Um, some other stuff that we've done recently, we did Dance from the Dark last week. Really interesting movie. If you've never seen that, please check it out. You can watch it for free on YouTube. Don't tell the internet. Um, <laughs> Nine Live, Samurai Cop, Tricked, Mean Streets. Usually good stuff, sometimes shitty stuff. Always interesting, always a fun conversation. And it has spoilers, unlike dollar reviews. And if you like any of that stuff or what we've been talking about so far for this past hour, as I said earlier, there was an ad break that could have happened up there earlier you could pay us patreon.com slash dollar reviews you could support the show we do it for free you know we love getting twitter follows and likes and getting people on facebook to like our page and we're trying to expand where we are on the internet we're all over the place we're on fucking what Let me read the list. Facebook, Twitter, WordPress, Tumblr. You can listen to us on Google Play Music, iTunes Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, SoundCloud. If you can think of it, we're probably there. And then, of course, yeah, DollarViews.net. But we want to get more places, and we want to be able to watch more movies and buy more games and just be able to review not necessarily more things for you, but it really incentivizes us to keep on doing it because right now it's just the fan feedback and as much as we love you Phil you're just one of none so if you like to do that like I said Patreon we would love you for that uh, here we go with the headlines though we're gonna start with some politics just because it's fucking everywhere so why not here too you said before the show Steve I'm tired of Facebook and less so Twitter but definitely Facebook yeah, it well, is so just, nauseating right now yeah it's nauseating like that's the only word I can do it's like I don't even really know you. I don't really care about your opinion on regular stuff. Why should I care about your opinion about a president that you didn't vote for? It's, it's just, it, it makes me more apathetic every day,
1: you know? But, like, at the same time, you can't not pay attention into it. Now, it's you, like, know, you have to know what's going on. But then the way some people are online where they have to give opinions on everything, which is... Yeah, you know, that's nothing new. That's it's how what, the internet has been since Facebook and Twitter, and that's just how people have been. I mean, it's what we're doing right now in general. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I mean, I, I i don't know. I'm not like telling people what to think. I'm more. It's more me having a conversation with you, and that's just out there for other people to hear. That's it's like how I look at it. Anyway. I
0: never post about this stuff on the internet. I almost never even publicize my episodes. And yet, I have these countless people on my Facebook feed that are just going ham, going fucking crazy about the shit. The big Mm -hmm. one this week, it wasn't the Muslim ban that we talked about last week. I mean, in in good news about that, like, 96 companies in the tech industry signed a document saying, like, we oppose this. Most of the people that work for us are from these countries or work in neighboring countries, and it's wrong. And it's awesome because a, a judge that was... Mind you, appointed by George W. Bush uh, In Washington State Has decreed that the ban is unconstitutional So they're in the steps right now Between like, Homeland Security and the State Department To see what's going on here And like, Trump's real upset about that, whatever The big thing that actually happened this week though Was the UC Berkeley thing I'm sure you read about this This is what was yeah, supposed to happen yeah. I can't really pronounce his name because it's hard it, But It's Milo. flat out it was wrong And to well, justify that no, is here's, stupid Here's but... the thing though so, this is what happened. Milo mm-hmm. y- Yiannopoulos, who is a known alt-right guy, he got banned on Twitter for harassing Leslie Jones when her nudes like leaked. Um, he, a lot of people hate him on the internet. Even like mm-hmm. conservatives hate him. And so, he's doing a college tour. He was going to be at UC Berkeley last week. And amidst that, right before it happened... You know, students on campus are protesting. It makes sense as UC Berkeley is where, like, the free speech movement started in the 60s. One of the more liberal college campuses. It's in the heart of San Francisco, sort of. Um, and so, what most of the internet was saying was that students protested, got violent, threw stuff, burned stuff, destroyed property, fucked up campus, all this stuff. And out of that, Donald Trump tweeted this thing where he's like, um, well, if you're going to do that, you don't support free speech, I'm going to cut your funding. And so the internet went fucking crazy. We're like, no, uh, protesting, especially violent protest, is free speech. You should be able to destroy property if you're upset. Like, yeah, that is free speech. And I'm like, uh no, that's not free no, that's speech. Destruction of property. Yeah, yeah like, it's free speech. Th- this is yeah. a college... this is not a private university. This is a public one. This is that's, University yeah, that's of California. That's what
1: you're protesting against. That's free speech, but yeah. to fucking throw shit, and break a window, that's not a part so, of it. So, yeah, at first like,
0: I was like, oh, these are whiny college students throwing yeah. a tantrum because yeah. they literally were trying to combat free speech. It is within this guy's purview. He was you know, called to action by the Republican, like, uh, student body on campus to speak there and they're crying about it? Like, that's fucked up. Like, how are they restricting Just free speech? protest it. Like, people have been protesting all over the country peacefully.
1: Don't fucking This is it. the
0: thing, though. This was hidden in the news. This is because, mind you, people our age do not actually read the news. They respond to things that they hear people talking about. They respond
1: to headlines, yeah. Yeah.
0: This is actually what happened. There was a militant group on campus, called the Black Block, which is a known anarchist group in the Oakland area. Maybe they're responsible for the fucking warehouse fires a couple of months ago. They showed up, and about 150 uh, people strong. They were the ones that we were started dest- it. Yeah, they were the ones that were hurting people, that were inciting violence, that started throwing Molotov cocktails and burning things and destroying public property. Like they almost burnt down their library on campus, or no, the bookstore, I mean. <laughs> They were responsible. The students were in fear. Like, they were running away. And so, because... And this was reported. I read all, about it on CNN. But before I did that, I can't remember who retweeted it, but someone I follow did. I was just under the impression, like everyone else on the internet, that, no, they were just students that fucked up, that were being stupid. And so, people were getting out of line by thinking that the students did that, and they were supporting this action. This retarded action, Literally. And instead, it had nothing to do with the students at all. They were peacefully protesting. You know, they had signs, and they were, you know, maybe doing chants and saying, like, fuck you. Like, get off our campus. We don't like you. But a militant group literally started everything. And the mainstream media, the fake news, didn't even talk about that. Literally. It was supposed to be, oh, yeah, no, this was the students. And You said you read it on CNN, too, right? Yeah. So, you know, yeah. maybe not the real news either. Well, that is fake news, I guess. But so. no, they that's I'm I'm positive this Just is kidding. the real story. Um but what's crazy here is both sides of the aisle use this as a catalyst. The liberals were going Yeah, the the students were right, you're allowed to protest. The conservatives were going, fuck you, you shouldn't be in college anymore. You know the, and and yet they were both wrong because they were both reacting to a reaction. They weren't even citing the source, which is Insane, like I can't, like, you know, it's
1: crazy. How do you find the truth on these things anymore? Because like, you, if it's you're in danger of reacting automatically to something you
0: don't it's know. Like, about, I might you know? have it's... voted for the man. I don't exactly support Donald Trump so far in his presidency. It's still early, but he's doing shit. You know, like he's not sitting down doing nothing, but. He might tweeting be. about
1: cutting funding. That's it's, another one of those incidents it's where it's extreme. like, dude, just just no. Like, I mean, every single tweet of his. I mean, I don't follow him. Okay? I, I, I see them retweeted all the yeah. time or quoted, and it's just like, dude, Donald Trump, just shut up. I've, I even go on his page every once in a while, just scroll through. It's like, what dumb thing has he said today? And it's like, dude, just just shut up. Seriously, like my
0: thing though is the, uh, about the dumbest stuff. He like, is on to something every once in a while. Like he might not be the most articulated. And then he'll kill it. He'll he'll totally kill it though after a certain point. Perhaps right? like you know he's not the brightest guy in the room. No, but there is a reason why he is successful. Like I voted for him because like, yeah he is a loudmouth. Like he will say the things that people aren't saying. And in the case of this, in in terms of the fake news stuff, like you know maybe Fox News and CNN and and these people aren't the aren't the uh, the journalists to target. But yeah, he, he's right. Like, I don't agree with you
1: a hundred percent, but I. Like, I kind of see where you're coming. You get what from. I'm saying? Like, like you, you know, you, as far as him saying the stuff that people won't say, no, I, I think he makes shit up a lot. Oh, of the he time. definitely does that too. But yeah, in terms yeah, But of like his that fake news can't tirade, buy everything. This he's like
0: saying. this thing that he's going on and on about. I I'm part of it. I believe in it, and the reason is, I as a journalist, as someone who reports on the news on a weekly basis, I pick what I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. I articulate my viewpoint. I try to do a good job of expressing the, what happened objectively and then go into you know our back and forth about what we think on it. But given that I only go to one or two sources at max and talk about what they talked about, I could be wrong. I could be wrong inherently because they were wrong. And not necessarily because yeah. they're looking to mislead me, but just that people make errors in the way that... And that's the
1: thing. Like, we are in a time now where journalists especially have a huge... Res- like, this should be the best time for reporters right now. Like. Yeah. Because they just, in general, like, they have a huge responsibility of getting the stuff out there. But then at the same time, there are so many different avenues to access that it can get distorted so easily that it really just depends on, like, who you trust, which is kind of sad. It's weird
0: because... I'm sure ABC and CNN and CBS and Fox and all of the major news outlets don't intend to mislead their viewers or readers, you know? But at the same time, we'll use Fox, for instance, because, you know, they are more right-wing. They only tell stories that they want to tell. I don't watch the local news for good reasons. Mostly because, you know, might they show, like, oh, yeah, a baby was saved from a hospital today, whatever— If you watch the news, outside of, like, the lotto numbers and the weather, most of what they report on is bad stuff. They want you to be scared. They're fear-mongering. They want you to stay at home. They want you to buy, like, Mm -hmm. flu vaccines and shit, you know? Like, they have an agenda. It's always something angled. It's not just, oh, yeah, we lived another day, guys. Good job. Like, why do they report on what they have to report on? Like, it's, it's almost always 65% negative on the news, regardless of the source. Like, that's why the internet is such a strong thing. It's the reason why net neutrality is important. Because the internet gives you at least an option, especially through social media, not Facebook, but Twitter. If someone is actually live on the scene, for instance, undoubtedly, you can go on Twitter Find a Berkeley student, or probably several, that were at the protest, read their tweets that happened in real time, and get a literal first-person eyewitness perspective of what's going on during the protest. That is possible with the internet. Mm -hmm. Instead, what people were doing is, oh, I heard this thing that someone told me, and I don't even know who said it, but yeah, Berkeley. And that's the news item. In the same way, like last week at the top of the show, we were talking about the Muslim ban— I didn't know what it was. I had to do some research. I was like, okay, I get it. Donald Trump is not allowing people from these seven countries to enter the U.S., even if they're American citizen. That's fucked up. I got the story, you know? But at the time of recording last week, I had no clue. I just knew that Facebook was mad about something, that Twitter was mad about something. (laughs) And that seems to be how this presidency has gone. And even before the presidency, just the presidential race itself. Like, it's a circus. Like, people... I don't know. It's it, well, we are like there. It's it's
1: a weird thing on both sides. It's so stupid. Is that we're just people just react automatically and mm-hmm. like write down essays on things that when they really only have one a one sentence long fact to go off and on. maybe not even a fact, just a you headline. Know? But yeah, and then I don't know. Then you got the White House press secretary like well, coming out and just saying all this accusatory shit, and yeah, it's he's, like he's a th- there is no communication here between the, the government and the people. Like, well,
0: see that's the thing. And, though, and that, that's because yeah. remember two weeks ago we were talking about how they were adding Skype computers in the press room, so online journalists can join. But you know what's really dangerous join. about
1: that, though, is that, that they can control what questions come out, knowing what they are ahead of time. The press room like, always knows that. Yeah, they can, de- they decide what they get. Watch like, the West Wing
0: if you haven't. It's all I'm, about that. I'm just that. saying, but that's, that's even Gregg.
1: scarier. You can get really far right-wing people to be asking the stuff that they want to answer. Like, there there was something great about that idea, but now it just seems like... no, there's No, there's freedom to that, okay? Like, there is but then like it it seems like it could be horribly um... i
0: just i love the concept of instead of these established news outlets being there and being the sole access to what you're hearing that's like i I love the idea fundamentally Mm -hmm. too
1: but it can be completely manipulated for the worst
0: let's be honest how many people watch c-span on a regular basis they don't. I mean, People that's don't. Just, it's that's it's, just Congress. It's not you know, exciting. But, well, like, well, I, yeah, I'm they, they sure they just watch
1: the greatest hits that play on there. That I, I, I'm pretty from... sure
0: C-SPAN also covers the press room in the White House. You know? Yeah. Like yeah. so, you can watch a direct feed of what happened, and instead, what gets out there are like these eight-second Vine loops of like something mm-hmm. stupid that Spencer said, or Spicer. I mean, like that's it. Yeah. That that's what you see. That's what you laugh about. Like I, I I've never watched the guy speak. I don't know anything about him, period. <laughs> and, well, he, he's kind of a douchebag. You know, I know that. I mean, that's most of his cabinet. Yeah. But at the same time, it's so early still in this presidency that I'm trying to hold back from just reacting hastily. Like I want to gather as much information as I can before I go, oh, yeah, I made a mistake voting for this guy when i don't mind you
1: you know like people reacting hastily in facebook like that's one thing but you know we're in a time where like two weeks all this stuff has happened and you know i like people are concerned right away and they're making that clear like and they totally have a right to that there are people that are at least voicing their concerns in a respectful way and in a healthy way and it's it's really messed up how all this is happening but uh, yeah you know like uh, on the internet specifically like you're there it really, I guess, depends on what people you really want to be friends with online. It's not even about know? being
0: friends with them. It's just how quick people are to react. Everyone. But I mean,
1: yeah, like as as far as that, Both like, supporters, I don't think you're going to – you're not going to stop people like, going at each other's throats. Supporters
0: it's... and critics, they just react so quickly to everything. They don't even give time to think about what happened. You're literally Once, seeing and Facebook and it's posts almost like... like five minutes after something happened. It's like – how How did you even type it that fast? It literally just happened. Well, that's
1: what social media does is that there's always this urge to be there first, and you know like it's definitely a part of that where just after you know trying to be that person to like get out there first and get like say something first, then you just get so used to it that it's almost like you have to have an opinion to everything on the spot, like even to me that's kind of a problem because here um you know i you you function more as a reporter on this show and yeah. that you're covering the news you're choosing what happens, and I act more as A commentator because some of this stuff I hear for the first time and it, you know, it may not necessarily be right because I don't have much information to go on, but I Mm. at least have to like find some starting point to get in there. And it's not like, you know, I I don't have opinions set on things that like that are brought up here on the show, but usually for me, they're kind of a starting point to at least try to understand more, where you can easily correct me and I got no problem with that.
0: It's like, I try Um, to the best of my ability especially with certain news items the next one, mine uh, in general, or in particular Mm -hmm. to not go to just one source that I trust, but to go to several so I can get more than one angle on what happened. Because sometimes, yeah, someone got it wrong. Like a reporter can mess up. Yeah. Like it could be a typo that becomes a whole different word and then it doesn't even make sense. And, and so this next item right here Zenimax, the owner of Bethesda and by virtue ID uh, software, was, uh, you know, they're in the process of suing Oculus, i.e., Facebook. And this is something that lasted months. And they finally got a verdict uh, just like three days ago now. And basically, uh, ZeniMax was awarded half a billion dollars in a mixed verdict against Facebook on the grounds that John Carmack helped code Oculus while still under their employ. So the story here is, uh, you know, um, fuck, I forgot his name right now because he hasn't been in the news for so long. Uh, Palmer Luckey, as a student at Cal State Long Beach, Beach, um, got in touch with John Carmack. somehow got like his Oculus original headset into his hands. He started coding the thing, and so the court case was seen. Well, did he, John Carmack use any of ID Software's like code? Like, did Zenimax own any part of Oculus at its inception? And the the court decided yes, that it was definitely part of what created what is there. And so, like I said, Facebook is paying half a billion dollars, which is not chump change even for them. Um, and a bigger part of it also is that John Carmack had to delete, like, no, no. When he left their company to, to become Oculus chairman, he, like, wiped his hard drive. He only wiped, like, 95% of it or something. Like, he left with certain things, and that's why they got the money. And the funny thing here is during the court uh, process, before the trial was even decided... Zenimax already bought a virtual reality studio named escalation um a dev that's already produced vr content even for the oculus rift so they were so cocksure of them winning this money that they spent the money before they got it basically like, i don't think they spent 500 million on the studio like maybe they spent 20 okay but they basically bought them with borrowed money which is hilarious um, of course, Facebook is going to be looking to appeal this. They want to say that they didn't do anything wrong, whatever. Um, and most of the Internet, especially the um, the people that are crazy about virtual reality, are wondering, like, oh, um, is this something that is going to change where the rest of things go? Uh, I was just told that Steve dropped out. He's joining now. You back? Yeah, I'm back. Okay, so. That is I- the weirdest thing. <laughs> It's no problem. I just finished talking about it. Basically, right. you didn't hear me, Facebook is paying half a billion dollars to Zenimax because John Carmack, someone who's on the board of Oculus that helped Palmer Luckey make the VR headset, was found basically guilty of using code that belonged to id, which is part of Zenimax. The funny part, Zenimax, before the court was decided, bought a VR studio called Escalation, who's worked on Oculus, and then Facebook, of course, is uh, trying to appeal the verdict. It, it's, it's funny, like especially for the listeners because they're hearing me repeat this. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, a lot of people on the internet are wondering if uh, uh, fucking um, Mark Zuckerberg is upset about his Oculus uh, purchase. I have, or is that just that they
1: have so much money that they can easily be able to appeal it and try to bankrupt uh, Zenimax? Oh, they know they couldn't. Just...
0: No, no. ZeniMax owns sure? Bethesda Studios and ID. the The franchises under their belt are Skyrim, fucking Fallout, okay, yeah, no, uh, well, Doom. Like, no, they, it'd you, be dumb you,
1: to bankrupt them. But Facebook you, is they couldn't. Could they at least delay it that
0: long that they have enough money to do it? No, I think possibly. Like best case scenario for Facebook, they get half that money back. Maybe, but no. They. It's not going to hurt them though that much. It, it's not. It really isn't. And this is something that basically swept under the rug. They could have just paid. They could have settled instead of mm-hmm. this going to the the court. But they were so sure that it wasn't going to happen that they they went for it and they had nothing to lose. But already now, Oculus, you know, when the main VR platform's out there, when the main studio's out there at the beginning of the virtual reality revolution, has been found guilty of basically insider trading to an extent. Like they built their platform using code from a different company. So it's, it's no longer this like American uh, grassroots like yay we did it type of story like VR started in the garage of this kid. No. And now it's <laughs> like collusion. That when the chairman of a company left that company to become a chair somewhere else and he basically did it based on the technology that he built there for them. Uh, so it's, it's really interesting. I, I'm curious to see where this goes. Of course, we're going to re- report on the appeal when that happens. And I'm curious what, you know, like next time we get Greg on the show, what, what he knows about this. Um, something big in VR, though, that's also related to this. I mean, the Nintendo Switch is coming out in less than a month. We reported like, oh, yeah, they might have a patent out there where they're making a VR headset. That rumored VR headset, Nintendo said, might happen if they can iron out some of the kinks in, like, certain VR problems, which makes sense. It's just, it's so stupid. I mean, this past week, they announced that the Wii U, which sold fucking nothing. Um, matter of fact, Super Smash Brothers on the 3DS sold more copies than the Wii U did. Um, they, they're they 100% stop production. You're never going to be able to buy another new one. That's a good thing, because there's not many good games for it anyway. <laughs> um, but the real the real news item here is that uh, Switch Online is supposed to cost, like, less than $30, whatever. Um, so I hope that Nintendo... Because they're trying to do so many different things, new things, like groundbreaking things that isn't exactly breaking ground, but in terms of how the the mainstream public sees it is with the Switch. If they can, by the end of this year, create a VR headset attachment, or I'm sure they already created it, but if they can release it to the public,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: it would be brilliant. I might actually buy one. I'd love to see what Zelda VR is like, you know, like, why not? (laughs) um i'm still holding out it's less than a month now until it's going to be out there i am curious to see what the joy con controllers are like how the system feels in the hand what the games play like like i i am curious i'm not going to shit on it this is nintendo's last chance at being successful and i would love for them to shoot for the stars go for vr go for broke nothing left behind like really 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 truly go for it on this one and you know what have would to. really,
1: really make me happy if it happened? Maybe like ten years down the line. Huh. Super Smash Brothers in VR. That's not possible. That would make you fucking throw up. Uh, that would be amazing if it becomes no, possible. You, like in ten you, years, if the technology, like there's enough innovations there that make that possible, where you get even uh, you, you get to mm, sustain that, like even and experience that, ready just player an Player awesome
0: one, way. which is you know really future-proofing. Have some imagination, like, No, man. that's what Come I'm saying. On, like so cool. The, the imagination in that book, and as people will see this time next year in the movie that Steven Spielberg mm-hmm. is doing, it really goes out there in terms of what's possible of virtual reality. Like, you're going to see stuff... If you can get there, that would be amazing. Well, that's the thing, though. Even in the book, like, in terms of the scenarios, it's not like... I don't know. I just... In the amount of VR that I've done, and I've done... Like it way would be years more. away, no
1: doubt. No, um, I, I've especially done,
0: based on what I've done. But I've done way more than the average human being, or even the average VR user. Mm-hmm. Um, I just can't imagine a fighting game, especially where you're doing platforming and At jumping, some and some line, people are like, flying. I, and I would love that the death scenario, awesome. like getting hurt. Like certain things don't work in VR, and I don't think fighting is a game that can work. Boxing, yes. If it's grounded in reality and you're using your actual hands and it all makes sense, like yeah. But when I'm you throw in be able to take hits or so- something, to feel it. Well, but. When you throw in superpowers, like say like Mario throwing a fireball. Uh,
1: if they find a way, I would love it.
0: It's less about finding a way. It's just it's virtual reality. Uh huh. You're being transported to a realm where it seems like it's the real world, except it's a virtual version of it, and for you to have. Abilities that aren't naturalistic isn't a good fit for VR. Like, yeah, I have this game that I haven't played. Not in I'll probably... its current
1: state, but if it evolves well, to a point see, where that could be possible, that's what like... I'm gonna say.
0: Though, I have this game that I haven't played yet that I have. I already bought this week called Windlands, where basically it's Spider-Man VR. You have two controllers and you can use them to like fucking swing through the trees. The amount of like speed and just presence it's supposed to create is awesome, um, and also supposedly. Is like one of the top games that makes you throw up. So I'll see what that is like. I'll be talking about that next week. So Mm -hmm. that is like the height of what you can do in terms of not real. Uh, But yeah, Super Smash Bros. I just, uh, I just, that's that's a little too far out there. Like any kind of platforming at all, I'm not a fan of in VR yet. Twenty years from now, I'm gonna be telling you about this
1: conversation.
0: No, because Nintendo's not gonna exist twenty years from now. Come not in the on. not in the state that they do currently. I just, in terms of what VR experiences and games work for me currently, and mm-hmm. what I can see as a possibility, I don't see an open landscape platforming action like fighting game like that being one of the ones that fits. You have to really create games with VR in mind for them to be a hit. Like certain things uh, transplant or translate well. Uh, but that's, uh, that's a little past the realm of, uh, possibility. (laughs) Just because, like, imagine. Forget the VR thing. Can you imagine being in a fighting arena where you're able to jump all over the place, and yet it's constrained to two dimensions. You're on a flat plane, there isn't three-dimensionality. You have to just move in a straight line up and down, that's it. Um, and you can do stuff like pull out a bow and arrow from fucking nowhere, or throw a boomerang, or, uh, like, we're all, okay, for instance, Link's recovery attack, where you spin in a circle with your fucking sword, that would make you throw up. Period. <laughs> Period. You couldn't. You couldn't do that one in VR. I'm sorry. It's just like there, there's certain things that work and there's certain things that don't. And Again, not in its current state, but if it's literally like no. plugging yourself into the Matrix
1: at some point, where your physical body is just sitting down and you can just now, have even, fun in that space, even
0: that would. That'd be dangerous, but even that would probably make you throw up. Like I, I just I, I don't see it. Like, like I said, like certain. What if we're able to withstand that at a certain point
1: in time when we get no. used to it? You like, know? look, look
0: at, like Assassin's Creed. It's all very speculative that, and out there, but it, not just no Smash the Bros. The Idea of it is so in, cool. In in what Smash Bros. is, it is not possible in VR. It it is too yes. constrained to two dimensional video game logic. Like I said, you. And you it's, in the way that, that you're thinking game. of it, yes, but no, in not, an evolved form? Come on. No, there is no evolved form. It wouldn't be Super Smash Brothers anymore. Like, it... It would have to be a brand new thing, like their new IP Arms, which is a launch title for the Switch, where it's literally just a boxing game. That would work in VR. They have a VR game coming you out. You can still put some
1: limitations, but not literally two dimensional, where you can only go left and right. You know, like, well,
0: that's what I'm saying. Though Smash Bros. is you'd left to right. You have to right evolve gameplay. it a little bit
1: more, where if you create that space, Mm-mm. you can limit the sides no, of it. it sure, it board still mostly going forward and back, but. it
0: wouldn't be Smash Brothers if you opened it up to 3D movement. Just it a would, little bit like no not it too would much. no it would lose its appeal like it smash brothers is very easy to pick up and play because anyone can literally hold the controller and they know what to do immediately like you don't need an instruction booklet you can use anyone in. they might play a little bit differently but it's the same game i'm still holding on to my childhood dreams here man uh, get a different dream that's not going to ever become a reality not even a virtual one well, um, stay a dream sony though you know they're at the forefront of what's possible in console vr currently uh Really cool. PlayStation VR bundles, they're available again. You can pre-order them currently at all retailers, GameStop, Amazon, Best Buy. So that means that uh, the production is ramped up. They're hopefully able to meet demand. I hope there's not a shortage on this new wave, but chances are there will be. And it's important to note, because this is just announced right after it was said, that there are over 100,000 people playing Resident Evil 7 in VR. That is only available on PlayStation. So that means that there is definitely more than 100,000 units out there. Well, that's not necessarily true, because there could be several users on the same setup. But that means over 100,000 people have played one game in VR. And I'm happy to announce that I'm going to be one of those in the next... Maybe not tonight, but I'm picking it up today. I had this big adventure where I tried to get it yesterday. That fucked up. I'm getting it today, though. Um, From what I've read everywhere, especially Reddit this is the end-all, be-all virtual reality experience currently available. I do not and like... is it supposed to be scary? Oh, it's really fucking scary. Like, I've... You're I've... be alright? That's why I said I'm not planning to play it anytime soon. I will not <laughs> play this by myself. I want someone in the room, just in you case. You did say at some point, though, yeah. At some, No, I will play this. Yeah, yeah. Like, Luis was playing it. I um, I watched him play the majority of the game. I've seen a lot of gameplay. I know what to do. I know how it plays. There's not many jump scares, but there are. But what <laughs> I've really heard it's about it, it's a zombie it... game. Why wouldn't there be? Uh, not really. It's not really a zombie game. Um, but uh, technically, uh, yeah. Technically, no. Um, yeah. No. Research this one. This was this was like a hard. Reboot. It gets more convoluted, doesn't it? Like... it? It's it's not zombies at all. Um, I don't know what it is anymore. It's not zombies. It has been zombie. Well, six was zombies, but it hasn't been zombies since uh, three. They, the Resident Evil stopped doing that. It became a virus. Like It's no longer, oh, you were alive, then you died, now you're this. No, now it's like, oh, you're infected by this literal virus. I don't know. Like, it's, like I said, seven's completely different, though. It's, uh, it's a soft mm. reboot on the franchise. Sure um, but yeah, the, the, from what I've read, the reason Resident Evil 7 is so scary in VR, and it's for the reasons that I would assume, it's not because like, oh, that's so fucking scary, oh my god, I, my heart stopped. It's not the visual aspect. Like, that has a, a part of it. It's the 3D audio design. How effective just, like, the wind is and the floorboards creaking, the doors opening, and someone walking behind you and shit like that. Like, that is what's supposed to be really scary. Um, so, like I said, I, uh, I'm i picking it up today. Probably about an hour. Mm-hmm. I'm not planning on playing it tonight. At all. Um, but I, yeah. You know, I, I have a lot of VR stuff. Like, currently, I think my, my count is, like, 30 titles or so. So, mm-hmm. I'm not... I have a lot of stuff to do, and I'm still trying to pace myself, even though I've been doing a lot more VR recently, just because I, I don't feel the sickness that I used to. Um, so I am getting my, my five, $500 plus worth currently. Um, but yeah, uh, this, in addition to uh, Sony, they, they have a, a beta for their most recent PS4 firmware, 4.5, which allows a lot of stuff, most notably like this thing called Boost Mode, that uh, like overclocks the PS4 Pro's processor to allow games to look even better on your 4K TV but the real big thing here, especially for VR the 4.5 software also comes with an update for for the PSVR itself, which allows 3D Blu-ray playback within PlayStation Virtual Reality Um, it also does external hard drive support, which is big for gamers, but this is something that I was dreaming was possible you can take your 3D Blu-ray put it in your PS4 Watch it in your headset. No glasses required. There is
1: no... So they finally did the firmware update for 3D then?
0: This, no. Because they Th- this couldn't is, do it for This is while, in right? beta. This is going to be made public in the next month. But pro- I, I'm going to anticipate the last Tuesday of this month. The 28th, <laughs> that's the day it's going to go public. Uh, but yeah, they, you couldn't do 3D Blu-rays currently. Now you can yeah. do them, and you can do them in the headset. And I don't nice. own any 3D Blu-rays, but I'm thinking about getting some. Lego Movie, um, Mad Max. We get some good ones, like Mad Max. Like, Lego Movie is fine.
1: Well, you don't own it, do you? No, I don't I don't own it at all. And if you I, want to at some point, then yeah, you may as well. Yeah, I mean, might as well. Uh, How to Train Your Dragon, you know, I'm, I'm going to pimp that one yeah. out pretty hard. See, uh, my
0: thing is, I don't want... I know 3 Blu-rays are pricey. I don't want to pay more than 20 bucks for one. I'm just saying, you know, that one has probably the best... Uh, like, because there's like a third-person um, overview,
1: like, just shot in that that gives you such a terrific sense of vertigo that was so powerful on IMAX. Uh-huh. If a VR headset can, like, give you that, that would be amazing.
0: It does. That's the thing. Like, part of the but, like, too. like,
1: if it can really, like, just get, like, an ounce of that effect
0: that I felt when I saw that in theaters, like, that would be fucking insane. Like, I remember talking about it, because I was like, oh yeah, I tried to watch a movie on my PlayStation VR, and it looked like shit. It did. Okay, it pixelated. Yeah, because you can definitely see them. Well, it's just, it's not a full 1080p, well, it is 1080p display, but it's cut in half, her eye but yeah you can see the pixels are you able to like tweak with the sharpness settings on there or is it can now it's set part of the update also from what people have said online that have access to it the cinematic mode which is what that called it has just way better resolution for some reason so i have a i have probably a
1: problem is that things could have
0: been over sharpened and tried to like use more of the resolution if that makes sense. I don't you know. know. I'm I'm not sure exactly. Uh but I am excited. Like maybe I'll I'll go to well Redbox doesn't three, do 3D Blu-rays. Like I'm probably just going to pick up a 3D Blu-ray for cheap. I saw the Lego movie on eBay for like 10 bucks, the 3D version. So maybe mm-hmm. get that. That that'll probably be my first one just because like Do you have video stores near you at all? Like do those exist in Long Beach? Yeah, there's actually one right by my work. Uh I've gone in there a couple times. I don't know if they uh carry 3D Content. Yeah, because the ones by me they do actually have like sections devoted
1: to that which is really, really? cool that's yeah. cool yeah
0: because yeah. I mean like like I said the 3d blu-rays they're fucking pricey and it, I know like it's... I thought
1: hey if I can rent some stuff in there if I get my 3d TV here like or I have the capabilities of watching stuff in 3d with uh, the red and blue no, glasses don't wanna do that. no I don't like it's cool that I have that just if I
0: want to use that but yeah. no that's not ideal it's it's like this. this is what's really interesting or real confusing because of VR, 3D is making a comeback. 3D gaming, like I said right here, 3D movies, just 3D mm-hmm. content. Like 360 content, obviously, but 360 3D content. 3D is Good. actually making a comeback, and Sony's pushing it right now on PS4. Why is it that 4K Blu-rays don't have 3D support? Uh, we've talked about this before. You want to get Mad Max? You can get it in 4K, which comes with the standard and the black and chrome do you yeah, want the like 3d there's very few I think there's the like 3D two
1: 4k 3d blu-rays that exist and there's 4k 3d tvs so yeah it's like it's out there it's a thing but they're not really pushing it like even some movies that come out on 3d like disney doesn't even bother putting no. a 3d edition of everything mm-hmm. out when they, they just put a standard blu-ray like in I, fact they, they haven't even done
0: 4k yet they're gonna wait late because that's what they do this is what i would like to see happen standard blu-ray dies there's only two choices
1: there's, Your DVD's
0: still alive. Well, so. this is what I'm saying. I'm saying like standard Blu-ray dies. There's only two choices: 4K and 3D. That's it. If you want the regular movie, you got to buy it on the 4K Blu-ray. If you want it because that you know that can play on a regular Blu-ray player. Wait, no, it can't. Take that back. I um, mean, you know, not it's. I I'm sort of still hesitant on 4K just because
1: like not everything is made for that resolution a lot of stuff is still shot mm. underneath that not resolution anymore, so though. to get everything that's no no like now it's finally going to get there but to get everything that isn't even fit for it that's what i'm saying and hell even even films that are scanned like even when they're scanned at that resolution it's still an upconvert because not everything mathematically fits for it like stuff going... that's on
0: 16 millimeter and then upconverted to 4k everything that it, is like going forward should only have either 3D or 4k there's no reason to have standard Blu-ray for new stuff being made. Yeah, but especially I mean, to like because convert everything. No, you yeah, know, I'm saying, I'm no, no like, yeah, I'm not but, saying no, no. I'm not saying upconvert. I'm saying new releases for every movie this year that comes out on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. There should be the 4K version and there should be the 3D version. Because when you buy the 3D version, it comes with the standard anyway. Just force people to do it. Every movie. Every movie. If it's you not stuff that... if it's not in 3D, do only 4K. Would you want to see a 3D version of Moonlight? That wasn't in 3D. That's what I'm saying. That's for, it,
1: yeah, I know. You're saying every movie. No, That's I'm saying I'm, every I'm, I'm movie that literally. is
0: released in 3D, there we go. make a 3D okay. Blu-ray. If it isn't released in 3D, 4K only. Because at this point, DVDs shouldn't exist anymore. Oh, they still do. A lot of people they, still watch them. They shouldn't. It's been Blu-ray has existed for over a decade now. It's been like 12 mm-hmm.
1: years. You shouldn't have DVDs. I mean, it's really, when you get down to it, it's all the same thing. It's just media storage on a disc. It's just some of them have higher resolution than others. A so... lot
0: higher resolution. Yeah. Early I mean, days really, DVDs are 480i. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, yeah. like I and, have I mean, just some. The stuff that, yeah, I do too. The stuff that's transferred to that, like, you know, believe it or not, And I still watch them, but DVDs still look good. Sometimes. Like, yeah, no, no. I mean, like, now it's just at a point where just the way that we can compress them, it's inexcusable if they do not look good. Like, literally, it um, it can look about as good as seeing a movie projected in 2K at your multiplex, because... You know, like sometimes, just I, I'm I'm, I'm going to be honest. Like, movies look shitty at a multiplex just because they don't know how to project them right. But in 3D, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, they can have like the same amount of softness and whatnot. And they can look pretty decent. And if movies on DVD now, they can be well compressed that they'll look good at the very least. Uh, the the early stuff that was just transferred over, like now it 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 wasn't exactly that great.
0: Well, jumping back to Sony, because I got to end the show soon. Um, <laughs> this past week, something real sad happened. Sony did a $1 billion write-down on Sony Pictures. That's how bad their cinematic year was. Um, and so this kind of really buys or sells into the idea of, yeah, they might spin off Sony Pictures and and Sony TV, just <laughs> go back to PlayStation and, and making consumer electronics. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to kind of wave those fears goodbye, CEO Kaz Hirai, who, mind you, started out as the CEO of PlayStation... Has come to LA. He's apparently going to spend lots of time on the transition from them finding chairman. And in he jokingly said, like in at the end of the fiscal year, at the beginning of the fiscal year, like the conference call, I'm not gonna I'm gonna hang a not for sale sign on our water tower if I have to to let people know. <laughs> uh, so he sounds real serious. He's gonna get his own office on the studio around the back lot. That way he has oversight. Um, so who knows? Uh, like it's like I said a couple of weeks ago. It's definitely all on Spider-Man. If Spider-Man and the Emoji Movie tank... All the Emoji... I mean,
1: Angry Birds did fairly well, Angry Birds did okay, yeah. Yeah, Sony Pictures Animation... They don't spend... They're like uh, Warner's Animation. They don't spend a shitload of money. Well, the Lego Batman movie is a shitload of money. No, no, no. Like, uh, the Lego movie is around 60 mil. I think
0: Lego Batman Um, is just marginally higher than that. No, I'm talking not the movie itself. Advertisements. They have... No, Lego okay, yeah, Batman the movie, for Lego the dimensions. They have uh, a, yeah, whole I'm talking new, about a whole that new production A whole new Lego line. That much Billboards, TV, Super Bowl. Like they've probably put a hundred million into the advertising slash like mm-hmm. ins- ancillary properties. The T-shirts, the hats, all of that shit. Which is. Uh, on the scary side, um, but yeah, I, I wish nothing for the best for Sony, especially because I'm a fanboy, as most people know. But it's funny, you know, the the CEO, of Sony Pictures, that's in the process of li- uh, leaving, linton Um, he said to own three million shares of Snack Inc. Snap Inc. Snap, which yeah. is important because you know he's now a chairman there, mm-hmm. and the reason that's important is because they filed or they they filed their intention to make an initial public offering. So it is going to go public. Snap stock is going to be available. I think SNAP is going to be their stock ticker. Um, And part of that in in terms of trying to get investors is that they're trying to mature. Um, One of the big ways is uh, Planet Earth 2, which is starting real soon in the US on BBC, it's going to actually debut on Snapchat. It's going to have six episodes in the app in the coming weeks. Um, I'll probably tune in just to see what that looks like in a vertical landscape. I'm sure it's going to look really pretty. And that's kind of like the most brilliant marketing I've seen there. Up to now, it's been like talk show stuff, sports, reality TV, or maybe like like little scripted ads like for Ouija or whatever. But this is literally airing the content on a platform that people access anyway. So as a way of not only having you uh, ingest it but also to tease you for the real thing like on your fancy TV so I think this is brilliant in addition to them saying that they're trying to make wider availability for their spectacles <laughs> I don't know if they're going to get a lot of uh, people investing in the company um, but this this could be the sign that they they have figured out how to make up a profit because up to date they are in the red every year like they, they do not make money and like with their competitors growing with Instagram, I've seen so many people that I personally follow or I'm friends with on Snapchat jump ship to Instagram that um, yeah, I I don't know how much longer Snapchat can last but them creating more original content or like teaming up with people for original content like Mm -hmm. this, I think it's just the smartest thing, like I said, I'm gonna tune into this, I'm curious to see what Planet Earth 2 looks like on my phone because <laughs> you know my phone screen is marginally better than my TV screen, so you know. if you say so, I, I that doesn't appeal to me personally. A vertical version, of no, I'm not saying, truth, but doing it vertical, but
1: literally like my phone. Yeah, display no, but that is what it is. is no, no, and I, I get that. <laughs> no, no, I I know you have a
0: nice phone. Yeah, uh, this is the final news item, and it's the big one. It could have been on the top of the show, but it's so much to even talk about before we actually conversate or converse about it. Um, so you know. Edward Snowden, he kind of unleashed a lot of stuff about the telecom industry. We're being tapped all the time. Verizon, Mm -hmm. most notably, was using metadata to tell everyone about us. Um, It gets scarier than that. It gets scarier than the Yahoo email hack. It gets scary, so scary. If you own a Vizio TV, they have been tracking everything you've ever watched since 2014. Period. (laughs) if you have a Vizio TV that was manufactured in the last three to four years they have been gathering data from you against your knowledge this is something that report was reported these are just the ones that are connected to the internet right no every single one it was every smart TV released since 2013 mm-hmm. and even some of the older ones were patched to support it so this was without any kind of clause they didn't let their users know this it was a secret Uh, They've gathered information live on what movies, shows, etc. you're watching, not just over the internet via apps like Netflix and YouTube, but via your cable provider, satellite, and even DVD somehow. Uh, And they were flipping this information, this data, to advertisers. Um, so apparently, they didn't disclose the names of the users, but the advertisers got your age, your income, your marital status, your IP address, how much you watch TV, at what hours, for how long, literally everything without disclosure. Um, the good news is, though. You know this I read about this earlier today. the FCC I mean, F, uh, the FTC caught them, probably the FCC also, and New Jersey courts have hit them with a huge fine. The now Russian-owned company is going to have to pay 2.2 million dollars and have to also delete all the information they gathered before March, I think it's 7th of 2016, because that's when they made it known to their users. Um, so yeah, this is pretty scary. I'm happy I' don't Russia's have a spying on us, man. Well, well, this I think this happened before Russia bought them, but yeah, Russia was spying on us in a certain yeah. extent. Yeah, in a way. This is just scary. It's one thing if you sign up for something like this. It makes sense. Like, advertisements suck, but watching ads for things that you actually enjoy, not so bad. Whatever. So, that could have been happening to you. But the fact that they were basically peering into your living room or your mm-hmm. bedroom or any room yeah. in your house for that matter against your consent, against your knowledge that's literally spying that is Big Brother yep like if you have one of the, the Nielsen uh, boxes in your house they don't even know the kind of information that they were getting here Seriously, like, you have to yeah. report that shit to Nielsen this was done off the cuff live not delayed live <laughs> so who's to say how much of your internet bandwidth they were even stealing to do that kind of shit in the first place it's scary it's scary to think about Mm -hmm. the good news so much for buying a fucking Vizio TV the good news about this item though is not necessarily what it did but what might happen because of what it because of what was just released the new chairman of the FCC who mind you is brown skin and Trump did uh, nominate um, is trying to implement something called ATSC 3.0 which would be the new standard in how broadcasting works if you never heard of it, I hadn't either before this week. What it comes down to is: remember in 2009 when digital was replaced analog, and everyone had to get a digital TV tuner, and it mm-hmm. changed the way uh, video signals work. That was ATSC 1.0. So this would be the next implementation. This is something that's already uh, being like beta tested in South Korea, and if 3.0 goes live, this would allow broadcasting in 4K HDR. FHR and even 3D and on top of that you would also normalize content and allow Broadcasting not be available just on your TV via digital, but also your cell phone and possibly your computer And so this would circumvent net neutrality and also allow Consumers to not be reliant on data not be reliant on the internet and actually access stuff Live on the go anywhere because that's what the broadcasting is supposed to be for anyway um so yeah if vizio being bad and scary meant something good is going to come from it i'm really excited i can't wait for ATS. now 3. we can 0.
1: connect a bunch of devices and we can be spied on multiple of them
0: maybe but i'm more in the s-
1: long run that's probably something that could happen
0: broadcasting in 4k hdr high frame rate you know what that being would mean spied on without your Fuck consent. Off. you know what that would mean for sports none of those are available for the sports next year the super bowl Mm -hmm. could be in 4k hdr high frame rate and 3d it was already in vr this year but it was like highlights delayed but this like they
1: they they definitely used a a virtual camera to like show stuff around it was probably a vr
0: camera i'm sure the final ad i think of the of the super bowl was that um hyundai thing where it showed like the soldiers who were stationed in syria i think it was and how like they got to go into like these special pods and watch the game with their family behind them that was using the the nokia ozo camera um so yeah they had several vr things going on at the super bowl really exciting i can't wait for the next one just to see in terms of what is possible uh from a technical standpoint but yeah fcc do it Fucking slap Vizio really hard. Say this is a reason you need ATSC 3.0. That this wouldn't be possible with the the standards that you're trying to implement. Lie to anyone in Congress. I don't care. Give me my 4K. Give me a reason to buy one of the sets. I'm excited. That's exactly how does this fix though what Vizio did. Like
1: I I understand that it gives you, it, it'll fix the technical specs. But exactly how does it stop
0: that? I'd say it stopped it. I said it could how, possibly. How's how this fixing it? that? I don't know, but. I'm saying lie to Congress, say that's what it will do, because they're stupid enough to believe you. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I'm just bringing
1: up a serious issue, and now you're just talking about how you want technical specs to go up. It's like,
0: well, I I am I'm worried just, just about curious, the Vizio like thing. I'm not yeah. truly worried because I don't have a Vizio set. You know, I'm not worried, but, but well, I'm not worried about that either. But then in the long run, of course. So they like, already got fined for this. They already got slapped. They they stopped doing it. Like it was scary. Now it's less so. Um. But it, well, who else do you think? They might not even be the only ones doing it, for all we know. No, they're probably not. Like, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if everyone's doing this, to a certain extent. Especially if your TV has... Uh, if you have an Apple TV or like, a Google, uh, Google TV. like Hell, even cell phones, you know? Well, especially cell phones. Like, yeah. If you're on Instagram... In the same way that if you're on the web, especially Facebook, and you get those ads from Amazon that are 100% targeted at you, I get ads on Instagram... Where it knows I have a Sony phone, and I don't know how the fuck that's possible, and it scares me, and so that's the same thing. It's cookies. Like they know, they always know. They are always tracking you, even if you don't think they are. Um, but with if, if you create higher standards, which allow for, you know, not just in terms of oh yeah, 4K is awesome, but the jump from analog to digital was something that a lot of people were angry about. It changed the way that everything has worked since then. And this would just be another step and another step. And the more complicated things get and the more technical uh, they become, the harder it is to probably track people just because there's more oversight. There's more things going on at once. Or at least that's my viewpoint. That's my angle. I just... There's so much that is being collected. You know, It's not like yeah. you're... It's not like you're literally
1: you're not literally being spied on by somebody, but that information is being collected that they can go to it if they choose to, or maybe both. I'm not sure. I mean, that'd be fucked up if someone is like actually watching you every night sleep. You know, I doubt that. It's possible.
0: I have one, two, three, four, five. I have five cameras pointing at me right now in my (laughs) bedroom alone. I got three connected to playstations. I have one on my phone. I got one on my computer. Since I'm connected to the internet on three of those devices currently, two aren't even plugged in, yeah, someone could be viewing me currently. I'm not necessarily scared, because whatever, I'm my fucking PJ, is about to take a shower. Um, but yeah, what if I was naked? I wouldn't really care about that either, but... There, there is a sense of uncertainty there. There, there is something scary about everything being connected to the internet. Like the Internet of Things isn't inherently a good idea. It, it's great yeah. in the in the case of an emergency. Like say, you have like a Nest thermometer or something, or like a nanny cam, and your house caught on fire. In the future, you won't need a smoke alarm. The camera is going to know what a fucking fire looks like, and it will report. To the the fire department before you could possibly even get through the operator, you know. Mm. Like, there's beauty to it in the way that the internet can simplify our lives. But at the same time, when you create this barrier in terms of not just uh, what what's around us, but what we go to to be around, notably social media, when you no longer actually talk about these things face to face or ear to ear or whatever you want to say, the conversation's not even there anymore. You're yelling at something, and people are either yelling at or with you, below you, in smaller font. Like, it's it's kind of sad, and I don't know. I think that's why I'm so gung-ho on VR, because the rules haven't been set yet. Anything can happen. Anything can... Every day, something new can happen. Mm-hmm. And it's so complex and so new that it's impossible, really, to really, um, as far as I'm concerned... To, to fuck with that, to take advantage of someone. Like, it's... Y- you as a user aren't even that versed in it. How are you gonna be able to take advantage of another one? And I, I think VR might take off just because people no longer like the world around us. Like, not because they want to escape. Like, my thing about virtual reality so far is I don't like the escapism. It's not like watching a movie. Like, it's pure escapism. I'm not a fan of that. But... <laughs> as the world becomes more and more toxic and more nasty, virtual reality can offer a realm that is outside of that, that is its own thing. Like, it's literally a virtual reality. I mean, it's just going to be like the internet, where it's also negative and positive in its own ways. But it could be like a fresh start for society. And and that's what I'm excited about. That's, That's why I report about virtual reality. That's why I I tell some See, people. I don't about know it. if I'm content with that, though. Like, it's gonna happen. That, that seems
1: like giving up on society. Which a lot of people already I'm, have. I'm not cool with that. I'm not cool
0: like, with it either. But a lot of people. I'm, I'm pretty
1: cynical, but I can't, like, you know, fully give up on that. Hmm.
0: Well, that's a that's down note yeah. for the end of the show. I hope it's been a good two hours. I hope you've enjoyed what you heard. We're all over the internet. <laughs> we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on literally almost everything, probably Instagram in the coming weeks. I said that last week, but hey, fuck it, I barely use Instagram personally as it is. Uh, Uh If you liked what you heard, tweet at us, like us, whatever, download the episode, do anything. Just let us know what you like, what you didn't like, what worked for you, what didn't. If you hate us because I like Trump, tell us that. Fucking anything. Tell me anything. But I hope it's been a pleasure. I hope it's been a good one, and I hope you're with us next time. Have a week.